So this is No Sold, episode number 10. The big one. This is the big 10th episode. And we're going to uh, we have a super fun show for you today for the 10th show. We're going to count down our personal top 10 favorite wrestlers. Hey, look how that worked out. Of all time. Yeah. And you're going to actually get to see a little bit of our personalities, maybe see kind of how we think as far as how we rank wrestlers uh, as favorites. See how old I am. See how old we are. Uh, and in general, you're just going to kind of see who we made a connection with over the years. But uh, right now I'm joined by Megan the Barbarian. These guys, uh, I'm sure coming in. I'll for, take that. Yeah. For a All fight. Yep. I'm a big fan of the Barbarian. Well, last week I, I gave you the the christened names of of hawk and animal in honor mm -hmm. of our tag yeah team that was incredible episode. so you're gonna just you're gonna slowly come back down a little bit i didn't want to lay something horrible yeah, on that's you right away fair. i'm gonna continue to keep you down however and let's not forget our manager former manager of kind tai yamaguchi son <laughs> we both did that shit at the same time <laughs> you know what though i mean Actually, no, I have nothing good to say about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. He, he was awful. And he was awful. Yeah, that's what and you get. Yeah. Here I am. I'm awful. Yep. But uh, yeah, last week's episode, the tag team, the tag team uh, wrestling show, it was it was well received by some. Some were leaving in the comments their personal favorites. They thought we missed some guys uh, or some oh, teams, who did I they should think say. Because I didn't see the comments. Oh, you did not. Uh, mm -mm. Well, there were some people that I, I guess... Well, Ed Zaranowski had a whole list of of teams that we, I guess, didn't mention, but faces really? of faces of fear in honor of that. Here you guys are, okay. Megan yep. Barbarian, um, yeah. Owen and Jeff Jarrett, um, Jindrak and O'Hare, which I personally like them, uh, the Harris Brothers. <laughs> These are some mid card tag teams that he mentioned. Yeah. Um, Did he mention Power and Glory? He did. Those were number that one. That is his. Yeah, that's his. That's his dudes. But we did give them a lot of love. Um, Hell yeah, our glory. And then um, we also had, we had someone uh, that was pretty pretty stoked about the Big Show and Chris Jericho teaming. So Jericho, uh, Jericho. Who was that? That was I believe. We know them? Well, yeah, Brian no, Marvel? I, I believe it was Marvel. Yeah, because <laughs> he was there. Yeah, yeah. We oh, yeah, we yep, yep, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were there time. when they, yeah, when Jericho, that was their first time, yeah, because yeah, we were like, Who could it be? Okay, and of course, it's fucking, fucking corny big, ass show, big right? show, yeah, <laughs> like, well, maybe he was, it was cool, you know, he shaved his uh, oh, yeah. remember, he only had like the chin, yeah. and he had like the A colorful, suit. The it made colorful, an impression uh, on uh, singlet, it made an impression <laughs> yeah. on Marvel, obviously, he, yeah, he, well, hey, he said, Don't forget them, so uh, and then you know, last but not least, Zern, Zern came in with a full top 20 of his favorites. He just laid it on us. And uh, what do you get? What do you put at number one? Number one was the row warriors. My man. So you, you guys obviously thinking like their Steiners were number two. I'll just read yeah, a few here. Yeah. I mean, you can almost predict his, he had the bulldogs at three. Did he have Ken Shamrock and Vader? They did not make the list, but the Maple varsity and Dre varsity club were 20 for him. Oh, nice. Um, and of course, Doom made an appearance in there on the top uh -huh. 20. Yep. But he did give love to a team we didn't talk a lot about. Uh, well, the Miracle Violence Connection, we did touch yeah, on Yeah, I absolutely mentioned them. We did touch on them. But yeah, he he had some teams in there in the list. And uh, 
Yeah, he got into a little bit of a conversation with another fucking Dick Slater. I know he's a big <laughs> fan of them. Yeah. No, he got in a conversation with another um listener on there about tag team wrestling. And I guess I mentioned Cody Rhodes uh and Dustin Rhodes versus the Shield. And uh that rubbed that rubbed someone a little wrong, but that match was awesome. That match was awesome. So if you uh, if you didn't see it or you don't remember it, go brush up on it. But that was last week. This week, we are talking about our personal top 10 favorites. This is our, uh, our ultimate list here, I guess you could say, our top 10. How do you guys even begin to make a list like this? Because for me, I'll give you the, the ways. Look. With everything with this show and our topics, we like to come into it, you know, prepared. We take it seriously for what it is. You know, we like to have fun with it, but, you know, pro wrestling's a big deal. So connection is the ultimate thing, right? Like how you connect with a wrestler. That's for me, how I kind of came to this list. I've always had, you know, in the back of my head, a top five, top 10. But when you really sit down and think about it, you narrow it down. An all-time list is very difficult because there's a lot of guys currently wrestling, maybe even that you're like, well, do I include them? But you got to look at it like who was you you brought this up a while ago, Duke. Who was your favorite in that moment? Mm -hmm. And you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be real with yourself and remember that. And then you have to listen to yourself and say, like, was this a phase? Did mm -hmm. it was it a like or was mm -hmm. it a love? And was it a lasting love? You know, did it last a, yeah. a while? Um so for me, really quick, it was just like, who did I cheer for, no matter the opponent, mm -hmm. for the most part? And, you know, guys that I cared about, even maybe when the writers or powers that be didn't give them a lot of shine. You just mm -hmm. always were into them. So I also just my final little way I came to this list. It's like if I could only have this library or body of work of this guy, you know, deserted island, desert island, you know library mm -hmm. of this guy like who am i bringing who's whose work am i bringing over to watch if i can only pick 10 guys so overall enjoyment connection that's how i got to it how did you guys kind of come to the idea of making this list yeah like very similar for the most part I, their body of work to me uh maybe less so for some of these guys that are like on my list where it just it was a different thing it was like how much like you said, you just cheered for them most of the time, if not all the time, you know, uh, how you felt, like how it, like it, it, they, these people moved you one way or another growing up, you know, cause there's definitely a couple on my list that are like, there's a bunch that are super obvious for my taste. People who know me, you know, would know, but then there's some who are just like guys who typically maybe I wouldn't have been the craziest fan of, but they are, they did make my list. And I thought the big thing, especially like sitting back toward the, back end of the list too where i was less positive on positions of guys was like who do i keep like going back to who do i keep you know who's like in the back of my mind most often who do i you know like you said were they, were they a favorite of mine like actually you know what i mean like in the business that that's like that played a big part in my list because i was like were you ever like my favorite guy period right in wrestling because that means something you know so um, when you so when you were thinking like David Otunga or mm -hmm. like you know Repo I, Man Repo exactly. Man I mean you were like how do I David exactly Otunga. how do I the brawler gotcha. Brooklyn brawler <laughs> David Otunga uh, guest star on She Hulk recently did you see that Frank 
I did not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and I don't think anyone else did. Sorry. People no. watch She-Hulk, John. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the James Ellsworth aside, those kind of guys that yeah, we would have I mean, had a hard time thinking about. I just figured we wouldn't mention him because he's on all of our lists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like an automatic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, also, no. Also, I... which uh, made my like the end of my list tricky was like I'll say it. I disqualified Chris Benoit from my list. Yep, I did too. You know, because he's he would have been a top ten guy for me. Yeah. Just like the preface, the whole list. Interesting thing. He, I, he was a top ten guy for me, but like you know, I don't put him in that space anymore because I don't even watch his stuff anymore. You know, yep. so it's sort of like, yeah, it's you're out of the equation. Yeah, I did not um disqualify him from my list. Full disclosure. Okay. But Fair. but um he. Well, if he's not in your top ten, you're a lying scumbag. He's not. I was, I was next to you when you crowned him <laughs> best ever. However, best is different than favorite. That's true. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair best enough. is different than favorite. No, I actually went ahead and tried to do like a top 25 to narrow it down. He doesn't yeah. even enter into that equation. Wow. I think, Holy moly. I think because, look, we're thinking about a full body of work. And we're, if we're getting the library, we're getting the whole catalog, the, the tapes, the DVDs, the streaming. You know, I don't really feel like I want to watch redundant redundant wrestling matches for those like i want my my guys are a little more yeah, you more well-rounded yeah. so for me benoit wouldn't have been in there anyway but i do respect you guys disqualifying them it's your choice uh so. i'm with you guys i kind of it's funny you guys describing like how you arrive to your top 10 you're we're all i think on the same page with that like and my list is fluid because if I'm watching 80s wrestling, my list is going to be different than if I'm on like a 90s wrestling kick and et yeah. cetera. Yeah. That's why lists are so hard for me. And you guys always make me fucking do lists. And this one's going to be laminated. So yeah. get ready. Yeah, okay, this is great. It. But uh, I'm the same. Like I, I thought about guys that I never cheered against, you know, mm. and then guys that like if I could only have like these 10 you know catalogs like who would i want to watch you know mm -hmm. and uh it was hard man like i think my top like 13 is <laughs> yeah. pretty solid yeah, that's where yeah. i'm like stuck then too, it gets kind of like you know i have 15 like, yeah i have a 15 that's like these are the 15 yeah and then it was just the there's order some of the, guys like, that like i really love but like Maybe they weren't around long enough. Well, let me ask you, know, you about like, that really quick. Is a yeah. sample size pay like does that matter to you? Because it, it started to for me. It does me. when I'm thinking about, you know, the catalog type thing, you know, like if you only have like yeah, three years versus a Yeah, and I don't want to spoil anything career. on a list, yeah. but like right, let's say right. wrestler A wrestled for two years and he wrestled wrestler B who wrestled for ten years. You can get wrestler B's catalog and wrestler A is a part of that B catalog, you know, but at so the same, like, but you had a longer time, time limit to make that connection with wrestler B, right? If yeah. But sometimes man, you guys know, you can overstay your welcome, right? We all, well, no, sometimes it doesn't matter how long we are three fucking vampiro marks. Yeah. That guy sure. was around for how long in the U S right. We yeah. all love him. You know, mm -hmm. so like, right, you know, I respect any. So anybody, trying to think about that wants to get to, it, you know, I'm just always going to I'm always going to go to the side of logic and my logical side 
prevailed in this, you know, list building. And right. ultimately, I don't think it matters if you like exactly. the guy. If sure. you had a one, if had a one year run, and yeah. you've never loved the Russian no. more than you did that one year, that's valid because you know there is mean? no right answer. Yeah, exactly. There's it's not just... even a right formula to get to your top ten. You know, yeah. of course, this is all. I know of one guy in your list, John, who isn't on my list, and I know two guys on Frank's list who aren't on my list. They're really? probably top 20, but not top 10 for me. And it just goes back to, I grew up before you guys. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, that, just older than you and I, I'm an 80s Exactly. Kid, yeah. And, and like my list will know, reflect that too. You yeah. Know, where it's like less of that, you know? Than, well, let me ask I, both actually, of you. I know three guys. Sorry, John. No, I know sorry. three guys that are on probably on Frank's list that aren't in mine. I made, I made, I made a bold move or two. So I don't know. Well, we'll yeah. see. Well, well let me we'll ask, see. let me ask you guys if, that played a part and should it play a part i mean this is favorite so and nothing matters at the end of the Mm -hmm. day but it's like because now we have a chance to watch people back from that we didn't see so watching in real time you know let's just say i'm i'm a fan of a super fan of wrestler a in 1994 because i got to Mm -hmm. see it live right but as the years got went by and i got you know to obtain their work let's say wrestler b from 19 84 85 86 and i got to watch them can you become obviously you can but can you become a super fan of a guy you never watched live i I, I think so yeah absolutely because like i'm a not even wrestling i'm a muhammad ali super fan Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like i wasn't even fucking thought of you know when he was fighting so it's like it, it is what it is you learn to love what you love you know so no, I fully like, yeah, agree. I mean, it's like, dude, if you weren't around when music came out, does it not affect you the same way once you do right. discover it? You know, it's like, it, right. it is. What oh, it no. Is. Like, 100%. in the 90s, when I was in high school, like, we were listening to the 70s music, mm-hmm. you know, like, so. Yeah. And, like, it's funny, too, because John and I were talking about this when we hung <laughs> out the one day, how back in the day, we ranked our WrestleManias and, like, how the earlier ones were so low you know, and now that's like kind of what we prefer and stuff. Flip-flopped. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think your, your taste can definitely change. And like, I didn't have any, you know, Bruno was before my time, Bob no. Backlund's before my time and superstar Billy Graham and, you know, guys like that. And I look back now and I'm like, damn, man, I love these dudes, yeah. you know, but like it, for me, they're not going to make my top list because I felt like, you know, like you said, connecting, like yeah. in the moment a real-time connection is yeah and when i was going through like you know i've ranked my favorite movies of all time like i've done these fun lists of course but like those movies in my top 10 or 20 i do notice that i i had a connection with them the first time i saw them and mm-hmm. it was around like it was like as they came out most of them so like you know of course retroactively seeing stuff like the godfather or you mm. know just just fill in the blanks on a movie that I got to see later yeah. on. And I'm like, okay. Spice yeah. world. Spice world. <laughs> world. Of course. But, um, you know, I'd say the majority of my favorites are, are things I lived through with yep. a few exceptions. Right. So yeah. I, all of mine are shit. I lived. Yeah. There's one guy who maybe a, a, a huge chunk of it wasn't, but I still have a connection in like mm. we all do. So, yeah. So that's kind of, um, yeah, that's how we got to this point. The making of the list. This is our favorite 10 male pro wrestlers of all time. 
Um, we're going to probably talk a little bit about why we liked each guy. I'm sure, I'm sure obviously we will. We're going to have, I'm assuming some on the same list, full disclosure. We didn't discuss any of these lists. Um, so Duke, if you think you, you do know one on my list, stop me when you tell me who it was. Um, for sure. But yeah, we, we, we're going to get into it. This is our top 10 favorite male pro wrestlers of all the times. So this is our official top 10. We're going to go around in a, in a little circle here. I'll start at number 10. So for me, like I said, we talked about how we arrived to these lists and this guy kept coming back to my list. I started with a top 25, narrowed it down to 15, got it to 10. With this one, it was a situation where I looked at the lasting love. Do I still like them now as much as I did then in the moment? I was 15, I think, the first time I got to see this guy come out on WWF TV. He was the less... That's when I met you. Yeah. He was the less popular. He turned out to be probably slightly less success successful uh, from his tag team partner. So uh, he was a guy I pulled for all throughout the tag team division. I mean, any division that he was in. I I always rooted for him. I never cheered against him. I even watched another company because of his debut. I even watched this company consistently because he was on the shows. And it's Christian. Christian Cage, number 10. So, like, as a wrestler and a talker, he's the entire package to me. You know, and that's something that was important on these lists. Um, he had, just real quick, like, a couple of things I really liked, you know, that made me have this lasting love. I remember I was always pulling for him to, like, get to that next level. And he had that little thing with uh, John Cena, if you guys remember, where he was like getting himself over yep. and, and mm -hmm. getting on the radar with Cena. Didn't he end up getting drafted? Drafted, yeah. I was going to yeah. say the same thing. Okay. They ended up drafting yep. to like SmackDown or something. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they ruined. put him. In, it ruined it. Put him in a triple threat match. I think it was with Jericho and and yep. John Cena. Absolutely. Because God forbid, yep. right? God forbid yep. he had the one on one. Mm -hmm. Um. But look, I mean, he's. He's someone that I feel like whether it was the stuff with Cena, he finally got the respect he deserved with Randy Orton's feud. Uh, he did a lot in the middle of that. I'm just kind of jumping through it and why I'm such a fan of this guy. But his body of work, like for me, it's it's decorated and accomplishments don't mean anything when we're talking about a favorites list. You know what I mean? But it does yeah. it does kind of maybe make it a little more enjoyable when you see your guy decorated and and be able to rack yeah. up rack up the things you know but he spanned so many years he was involved in so many different angles like throughout his career and i can't ever remember cheering against christian against any opponent and that's saying something because there are some guys in my top 10 where i specifically remember not being super into them at different periods mm -hmm. of their careers yep. from the time christian showed up with this ridiculous ruffled shirt i'm yeah. like mm -hmm. this dude's awesome but of course he evolved into something way cooler than that guy. And even mm -hmm. now, AEW, mm -hmm. that's my guy. So for me, number 10, Christian, that's my guy. It's a good I one. applaud Makes that. Makes sense. So I get, go ahead. Nice. No, that I was going to guess I, I'll start my top 10. And um, it's kind of a controversial one, actually. And I was thinking about this was the hardest spot for me mm -hmm. because me you're leaving somebody I, uh, out. 
yeah, I had to leave people out. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, am I doing this? Especially for this person, because I previously, we talked about him on the podcast and, um, you know, wasn't sure where I placed them, but after debating long and hard, my number 10 is CM Punk. Oh man. CM Second Punk. city sink. The second city, you know, and like I kept going back because I, I said previous, I was like, he's definitely top 20. I would have to write it down to see where mm-hmm. I don't think he's top 10. Was this last I, run solidifying for you? Um, Yes and no. You know what I mean? Because I do think it was a really good year that we got out of him. If, if, if there's no more, it was a really good year. Him winning the title, especially for us, because we were at the event, you know, it was a cool moment for it. Especially me, I was marking out hard, you know. <laughs> so, like, that does help it for sure. Um, But it's part of his part of why he made my list is it was the absence because I think about when he was the top guy, he was my favorite guy, like by far when he was gone for six years, I just wanted him to come back mm-hmm. because he was like my favorite part of their show. And it never like re- was replaced by anybody else. Like, like to the level that punk was, you know? And then when he came back, I was sucked right back in. I wanted him to be the champion. I kind of manifested that match happening you know what i mean that you did you did but yeah you know and i wanted it to happen and it happened and i was there and he won the bell so it was a moment and i just think on it and i'm just like you know what dude of the last 10 years easily there's no one i've liked more than cm punk and that's 10 years of my life you know what i mean so it's sort of like you were always team punk too right like yeah 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 i didn't i don't cheer against him whatever he was doing i was with it you know because i just thought he was the coolest dude in the WWE. regardless of what they were doing i was hoping he, it would make him the top guy you know and eventually it did i guess but yeah like i thought about it hard and i had to knock some guys out on the list that we'll get to like later when we talk about our other mentions that like it pained me you know especially with like what my fandom is you know when it comes to pro wrestling I and mean, it was like yeah. a couple of dudes that i was just like when i thought about it i was like I definitely go back to punk more than a bunch of these dudes, you know, and there's some of my favorite moments, you know, the pipe bomb, the John Cena match, the AEW moment, you know, like these are some of my favorite things that I've experienced as a pro wrestling fan. So, you know, so, pu- so CM as punk makes a number. number 10 CM punk for you. I love it. But so does your CM punk catalog, if you are, you know, going to take this to a deserted Island, are you going to acknowledge his WWE run, even though he doesn't, <laughs> or are you going to watch <laughs> yeah, it yeah. or what? <laughs> Yeah, I will. Nah, just Ring of Honor. Just and Ring of Honor A-W. and AEW. There was yeah. some good no, shit in that WWE run, man. Like, whether yeah. he likes it or not. No, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah. He's just up. That's just hurt the reason him, you know? we love yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, love and him. like, yeah. So, like, I had to think. I was like, there, there's probably not a guy who was, you know, we'll talk about some of the guys who are obviously, like, on my favorite list, but there's only a couple of guys where I like for maybe that long so consistently like as a yeah. top top guy we're like other guys you know you go up and down even if they're your favorites you know uh, i'm not loving so and so right now but then you do have your moments that made them especially one of your like you said in the past 10 years yeah exactly like he you owns know? like my yeah. favorite spot for mm-hmm. 10 straight years no doubt yep. you know so it's like it's hard. And, and he wasn't even wrestling right yes yeah, nitsky's next no man that's we won't spoil anything but cm punk excellent choice i mean obviously you know, this is your personal favorites. Duke, who do yeah. you got as your number 10? Number 10, I have a guy who is a second generation wrestler. He is definitely a product of Vince McMahon's genius, I think. You know, to have the talent is one thing, but we've talked about it before how Vince took these guys and like shine them up. Maybe in this person's case, 
put him in a neon singlet, <laughs> bleached his hair, put a towel around his neck, mm. marched him down to the ring with the greatest manager in the history of pro wrestling, Bobby the Brain Heenan. My number 10, Kurt Hennig, mostly known as Mr. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. That is a guy that I have never cheered against. Literally never. Well, I lied one time against Brett. Uh, mm -hmm. Two times against Brett, actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I remember it's funny because you start to like think, you know, you go back. Did I ever cheer against this guy? And like, blah, blah, blah. And I was a huge Hulkamaniac when I was a kid, obviously, because I'm an 80s kid. Mm -hmm. And my godfather took me to wrestling at the spectrum. And um, I remember real quick, I saw Harley race outside and he was enormous. I couldn't believe the size wow. of this guy. I mean, I was a kid, but like, yeah. I couldn't believe because it's Harley race, you know, you don't think yeah. of him as like, but I was like, oh my God. But then we got in and Mr. Perfect fought Hulk Hogan mm -hmm. and I was cheering for Mr. Perfect. And my yeah. godfather was like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, Oh yeah, I like Mr. Perfect. You got <laughs> called out. And yeah. he was like, Oh, okay. And he started cheering for Mr. Perfect with me. That's so cool, so, man. Yeah. That's that awesome. was like one of the earliest, you know, bad guys that I cheered for Mr. Perfect oozed charisma, exceptional in the ring. Um, That's so awesome. Not a long time but it mm -hmm. resonated with me yeah, you know? sure. so, so that's like the he's the ultimate character to me yep. as far like gimmick character and yep. also the ultimate cool factor maybe be next to scott hall and kevin nash yeah i, I think i, I when might I think cool i think hall and nash but perfect right there yeah and his ability in the ring and character work like honestly they're even superior to like his promo ability which is saying something because he was really good on the mic, but like just the work on his was, character was, and his, he was actually, he was perfect. He was, yeah. per he was perfect. He was perfect at everything. So he had some su like sufferable years in WCW. I feel like that might. Yeah. Have... But who didn't? Yeah, <laughs> who I didn't? Mean... Who didn't? <laughs> yeah. But I connected as a fan and, and, you know, absolutely perfect choice. No, I love this perfect. Yeah. Good choice. So keeping it going for me, number nine and man, was this hard. This was so hard to, make this list and not you know forget about you know the time in your life where you were mm -hmm. when you resonated with this person and it's also easy to remember where you are in the current day when you resonate with a person so leaving I feel like i know who you're going with so leaving guys off of a top 10 you know it's it's hard to you know this was where we had a problem we had 11 12 13 it's like how do you leave a guy mm -hmm. top 10 to make it official and, and funny enough like a lot of my guys are the sons and second generation just like duke but this one's not so much old school it's a little more new school oh yeah. ryan pillman jr Brian Pillman, yeah. no, Brock Anderson, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it's Pillman will be earlier in the. So list. you did, <laughs> so you did see my list. We did. I saw oh, the... sorry, Brock Anderson. No, but um, look, this this guy, I'm not going to say he's better than his father. I'm not going to say he's even more popular than his father, but to me, he's a modern day author, creator, master of the game. 
for the last five years, he's probably become better and more established than a true main eventer. And oh, so Roman, he's a mid card. Okay. So look, so look, he has his detractors, and Jeez. he has Dang, his detractors. Stiff. But look, he's the reason we're actually probably talking right now, the three of us, because on this podcast, because I he's the reason <laughs> he's the reason I got back into watching wrestling as I did like religiously. So that's saying something because we talked a lot about guys who are favorites in the moment in that era. But I always liked Cody Rhodes, number nine. Mm-hmm. He's Cody, the- <laughs> bro, I'm surprised he's not top three. Well, he's not top three because I got to keep it real with myself, but he is top 10 because the thing is I'm living in the moment and there's nobody I like. There's nobody I like better. There's nobody I like better (laughs) in the game. There's nobody I liked in the last few years more than him. There's nobody I'm going to continue to look forward to seeing as much as him. And look, I I always love this stuff with like Mysterio in the beginning, but he had some bullshit like in the WWE and it took him stepping away. And I think he, you know, established himself and he's taken more seriously now, but he's the reason I tune in now. And if we're talking about leaving a current guy off a list, it's hard to do because comparing him to some of the guys I did leave off the list, I feel like I've always had some sort of disconnect with some of the guys I left off. And so far, Cody, I've always been in his corner, but now more than ever. So mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, number nine, all time faves, maybe climbing the ladder. Talk to me in 10 years. Best storyteller in pro wrestling in 2022, in my opinion. Arguably. Easily for me. I mean, he, like I said, he's an author. He's a creator. I think he's, you know, I mean, he also gets booed out of the building, right? So, like, I look at that. Even we can say what we want about the fans, right? But that's happening. If people don't are booing you out of the building during your story. But I don't take debatable. I think it's debatable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't take pro wrestling fans. um, (laughs) Anything they say, like when they eat it up, you do. No, the thing is, like, pro wrestling fans are super. All right, they're, let's they're not fickle. make it a Cody show. <laughs> yeah, Cody fickle. Rhodes, not surprising. That'll be. I'm surprised, I'm surprised by the place. Episode 11, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. What's that? A wrestling biography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cody Rhodes, number nine. Who you got, Frank? So my number nine, one of my earliest favorites. Super easy for me, but not the work rate guy that I typically, you know, lean toward. But. That's Big Daddy Cool, Diesel, Kevin Nash, number nine. He was another one of these guys, like in this like eight through twelve, you know, spot where it's like, who am I leaving off? And Diesel, so like when we're talking about the catalog of work, taking it on a desert island or whatever, like Diesel's catalog maybe match quality wise isn't like screaming at you, but I loved him. You know, like I loved him from the second I saw him. Mm-hmm. I was like, this dude is the coolest shit. I loved him from the day he walked into WCW and he was no longer Diesel. And it was just um, Kevin Nash. And I was like, this dude is this shit along with, you know, Scott Hall. So to me, there's too many moments that I do love. I'd look at Kevin Nash stuff over and over again. He was, I loved WCW during those years when he was on the tippy top, you know, so very controversial. You know, a lot of people hate on him. But personally, he was one of the earliest favorites I had, you know, in pro wrestling. And it stuck with me. I always thought he was cool. And I still listen to him. If he, I, li- I don't know how many shoot interviews of the guy I've seen. <laughs> I don't know how many. I listen to his podcast every now and then as well. You know, it's like Kevin Nash, he's, I, he's cool to me. The worst power bomb, but like you forgive it because it's Kevin Nash. I right? remember you used cool. to call it the lazy power bomb. Yeah, it's lazy because he like gets you up and then just lets he leaves yeah. you there. Yeah. But I 
but you i like it for that reason uh-huh. you know it's just like it's a strange thing yeah but, but I love like it. catalog doesn't have to be matches either exactly. you know like yeah, and exactly. i i agree like the mm-hmm. dude was entertaining as shit mm-hmm. you know yeah, like, so kevin nash number nine for me no nah, dude he made people want to watch the other company you know yep. what i'm saying so Absolutely. um there's a lot you know we could talk about with nash but uh i fully fully respect that number nine who do you got at number nine he won't be on any list of mine yeah well, spoiler, that. spoiler. <laughs> we thought he might just, be number two or three. I'm oh, kidding. Damn. I have love for Nash. Uh, number nine, coming in hot. Um, This guy is a guy that I always liked from the GWF, from the USWA. He was a very different character when he first debuted. Um, He would go on from there to go to WCW had some really good matches with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, formed a great tag team, which we all love and mentioned last time with the late, great Brian Pillman. My number nine, formerly stunning. You guys know him as Stone Cold Steve Austin. That is a catalog that I would absolutely watch over and over again from mm-hmm. his days as early as his days in texas um his matches with ricky steamboat and wcw his tag team matches um you know the big ecw promo that you know basically shot him in the superstardom yeah. um all this stuff with vince and then after that uh when he was a bad guy again and he started having like good matches and actually like wrestling again so mm-hmm. stone cold is a guy that i really don't remember cheering against a whole bunch except yeah. for brett <laughs> see a theme and uh when he fought like benoit or jericho you know that type of thing because i was just like come on dude like let these guys have a chance. Yeah, you want but, the underdog yeah, yeah. to have their moment. But Stone Cold, so for big. sure, is a guy that I can watch over and over again. I still watch him. Like, his podcast is great. So, number nine. So, do you remember, like, looking back on Austin's earlier stuff um, within the last, let's say, 10 years or 15 years and, and starting to grow, like, a more of an appreciation for him? I'm just – I'm wondering if you start – if you – I've always – I've always always loved Austin, yeah. I was cheering for him against your boy Sean at WrestleMania. Hurts Mm. my heart. Hurts my heart. (laughs) That's it. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Yep. That's good to know. (laughs) Good to know. One more for the good guys. You know what I mean? One more for the good guys. All right. Well, Tooge number eight. So we're going to go into the number eight spot. And this guy, I mentioned a master storyteller previously with Mm. Cody Rhodes. This guy is a master storyteller in and out of the ring, much like Cody Rhodes on a different level than Cody Rhodes. His intensity, it honestly almost made it a little difficult to connect with him at first when I was, spoiler, a little younger lad. I wasn't sure if this guy was on another planet, if he was on another plane of existence, like the fact oh. that he, the fact that he could go from like super intense to like sort of sentimental Randy macho man, savage number eight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the stuff, once he got into the stuff with Liz and, you know, with, with the, the Jake Roberts stuff, like that's when I was tuning in, 
So I got like, you know, I got introduced to the to baby the baby face version of Macho Man sort of mm-hmm. coming out of the a like, little bit coming out of the uh the Macho King or the heel. But once he got into that, it was like, you know, I was hooked with by by the like the the fact Jake had the snake on his arm and it was just felt like everything he was involved with had depth and like he created these lasting moments. He elevated everyone he was with throughout the years whether it was crush or eventually like diamond dallas page mm-hmm. he can main event or be in the middle of the card but like his match or feud was always like full of intensity so you know it's one of those guys that i caught the glimpse as a, as a kid and then given the the power of you know retroactively watching guys i became mm-hmm. even more of a fan once you got like the you know the the vhs's of the 12 hours of stuff where you're seeing macho man like before he was, you know, decorated in all like the the big colors, he was he was a little more raw and mm-hmm. everything, everything he does. And I will say, like I said, his um his intensity sometimes made it hard to like connect with him. I feel like, but his library stands the test of time. His work and the fondness, everything, every part of his career. Now I can watch back, and I would watch back for the rest of my days. So Macho Man number eight for me. Yeah, I mean, great one. What can we say? You said it all. He's uh he's up there, dude. You know, he's like an when there's only like a few people who like everybody knows their name at least, you know, like in pro wrestling. And like I think Macho Man is one of them. Even if they don't get the whole thing, everybody knows Macho Man. They've heard Macho Man, they use the phrase. People have stolen the nickname in other sports, you know what I mean? Like to be cool. Macho Man, Hector Macho Camacho, you know, like thing, yeah. all these type of things, you know, and it stems from the Macho Man, you know, so definitely a good one. Nice. Who do you got number eight, Frank? Number eight is my, it's like probably the most random dude on the list. Um, Already mentioned today, but thinking about like, again, do I revisit the stuff? And it's like probably way more that it's like deserved sometimes i go out of my way to find things on this guy he's one of my favorites some of my favorite moments in pro wrestling right we're involved this guy in a roundabout way it's my number eight vampiro hey vampiro just watched an interview with him today yeah and it's like and that's my point like he does an interview i'm going to watch stone Mm -hmm. cold says he has the greatest match he's ever seen <laughs> on Lucha Underground. I'm going to watch, you know, oh, just spend New you. Yeah, spend New Year's Eve watching him. That's, that works Kito. for me. You know, watching his short WCW run where it, not a whole lot happened, but I'm searching him out individually, buying his action figures currently. You know, it's just like he's a guy who, again, like Nash, was like maybe their catalog of uh, in-ring work isn't like, what's bringing him to the dance, but everything else about him for me resonates, you know, and I had to move guys and he was the last of the guys where it was tricky, but I was like, he has to go on. If I think about what I care about, like when I'm looking up wrestling stuff today, you know, or what I'm, you know, going out of my way to go to like vintage toy places and who I'm looking for. It's all, it's oftentimes just vampiro, you know? So 
he makes my list in a weird way because it's not just the wrestling, you know, it's his interviews, it's the stories he tells, whether you know they're bullshit or not. You know, do shoot, like do shoot interviews there. count as a library we're bringing to the deserted island? For, for me, definitely. Because that's watched, gold right there. I've watched yeah, like man. dozens of hours of Vampiro in a shoot interview for no reason. He broke like, his back, I, bro. Yeah, it's like, what he am broke I watching? His back jumping out a window. Yeah, he tells the same lies, and I'll go, oh, Vampiro. <laughs> I watched several documentaries on the guy. It must like, be the guy has something yeah, about yeah. him because we're all like, we all love him. You I know, know Zern, really... Zern loved him. I, I don't, yeah. you know, anyone who I know as a wrestling fan liked Vampiro. Yep. Yeah. It's so, weird, you know, I, but I, I guess... applaud that. Yeah. Same. He was one of those guys. He's like in around, but he didn't make, he didn't yeah. make my 10. Spoiler. But I definitely thought about him. Yeah. For sure. I, I love Vampiro. Awesome. Yeah. We, we talk about him a lot on this show, <laughs> and I feel like I'll continue talking about him. I mean, I'll do a whole show on Vampiro. Um, all right, so Duke, who do you got at number eight? Number eight, this one is going to be a favorite of Frank's for sure. I think that he, um, I think he probably loves this guy as much as I do. Um, John, you like him, but I think Frank like really, you know, connects with him, especially like um his early days when he first went single, um. So he was in a tag team for a while. Um, they had like regional success and then they came to the WWF and they were successful, but unfortunately they never captured the tag team titles. Um, and then he uh, eventually made the biggest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling as he threw Marty Janetti through the barbershop window. <laughs> My he number eight, Frank's. He's probably number one on yours. I don't definitely number one, one or two on Frank's number eight. The heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. Mm. You make Man. the rules, and we Man. will Man. break them. So, Sean, <laughs> I always face. loved the Rockers. <laughs> what happened? His face when you did that. Uh, Frank's yeah. face was, was Frank. Did fire. I have you for a minute that you thought I was really? Yeah, when I was everything you were saying though wasn't adding up to somebody I loved. Like I Scott like, Steiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where's yeah. this going? So for Sean, like I love Sean as the Rockers. Um, when he went solo, like he was a bad guy. So like I was supposed to not like him, but I did always, you know, respect his in-ring ability and stuff. Um. And I actually enjoyed his career a lot more, like when he came back, like you know, once yeah. he, you know, a lot of people say that. A lot of people do. Dude, he had me. some incredible matches, man. Like, talk about memorable matches. Like, you can name five. I bet we could all name five from that second run that we were like, holy shit, him yeah. and Triple H when he first came back in that street fight, mm -hmm. both against the Taker. Him and yeah. Angle, Angle, him and Jericho, Jericho. like it goes yeah. on, man. And mm -hmm. like, if you're talking about like a a library, and listen, I think Shawn Michaels is full of shit completely now. Yeah, but I can't deny that you know, pro wrestling wise, I mean, you could make a case that he's the greatest in ring performer of all yeah. time, and that doesn't even matter because right. it's a favorites list. Exactly. Yeah. If I have a catalog, I'm definitely watching that catalog because a lot of guys. Best matches are against Sean. So number eight, HBK. Do you guys feel like the more you got to know or like get a glimpse into some of these guys, you know, personalities outside of the ring or personal lives and whatnot, did that affect your lists at all? 
or is it completely um, can you separate like obviously you disqualified benoit but like yeah. for me like there's a lot of like actors or filmmakers you know that they did some shit and you're like separate the art from the human mm-hmm. i can still okay. enjoy it do you guys are you able to separate the art from the human in this case yeah typically for me it didn't have to like like we said i said like kevin nash is one of you asked the right person there he's one of the most hated dudes mm-hmm. in the business you know and shit like that so or vampiro right people fucking hate his guts all over Every he was difficult to work with he's full of shit Man. you know but he's in my t- list you know but what about personal uh, experiences or meetings of wrestlers? Like, did that affect anything? Like, if you had a poor experience, does that change how you look at them as, like, a favorite? It definitely changed guys I met, but none that would affect this list. Like, none okay. of my, like, all-time favorites. Because the guys who may be on my all-time favorite list that I met were actually super cool. Mm-hmm. Or about as cool as you'd expect, you know? So, like, I didn't have a bad experience. So, for Nash me, included. like... The- the, the genius Lanny Poffo was the nicest guy yeah. I've ever met. And that's exactly. why he's number two on my list. Spoiler. Yeah. Number two. No, but uh, actually yeah, that I, I can separate that because mm-hmm. like, we're never going to, you know, and if you, I'm not going to bring up Benoit, but like what he did was obviously fucking brutal. That's yeah. a little different than just being a jerk to people. Yeah. Being a shitty know, guy. Like, well, what about yeah, what they so stand like, like? What about what they stand for? Like outside the No, ring? if you're, if you're not like hurting somebody, look, man, I might not agree with your politics or like your whatever it is, but like, I'm not, it doesn't yeah. affect, you okay. know, like, There's like no, it, it doesn't for me. It's like any other sport like basketball or football or whatever. Like, I don't care what you do, man. If you play for my team, do good for my team and I'll cheer yeah. for you. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, if, unless you do something that's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, horrific. exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. no, it's not yeah, going exactly. To. And that's why I removed Benoit personally. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you do something that level of horrific, yeah. If because you're just like at one time, people, Chris uh... Benoit was my favorite wrestler period, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I can't, you know. Yeah. And he was never horrific. my favorite favorite, but he was mm-hmm. always a top 10. Number seven. This is a big man that Mm. I saw where I went from fear to intrigue to love to like indifference and then back around to the love. The Undertaker. Mm. Number seven. So like for me, he was mesmerizing, you know, when I saw him choking Hogan, (laughs) like that was my kind of introduction to him, like choking Hogan in the corner. I think it was Tuesday in Texas or you know, whatever it was around that time, um, Survivor Series, obviously, I watched that live. But there was um, a period of time in the beginning where I was like more or less drawn to him, but not as a favorite. Mm-hmm. But but then he started to get involved in some some big time, pro, high profile stuff. It almost ruined it because he got booked with guys like Kama, King Kong Bundy, Giant Gonzalez. But his longevity helped me become a full-fledged fan because, like, he was able to tell so many great stories and so many great matches. And usually yeah. his Mania match was my most anticipated. I, I lost my whole mind when his streak ended. Duke will attest to that. He Zer- crawled all, uh, along the mm-hmm. – he, like, slithered across. I did. <laughs> I died inside. The soul – my soul I wish we had out. video of- <laughs> Zern, I, know, I wasn't there. I wasn't. I was already out here, so I missed. <laughs> where that. were we at, Mike's? Yeah, Zern can attest to oh it. Oh my god! Because when his streak ended, but look, I love 
like most, a snail. <laughs> I love the character. I love the stories he told, especially his time with Kane. And that's when it came back around for me, like full fledged, like his stuff with Kane and that backstory. And I try to kind of like forget the American badass stuff because I didn't really dig it like at all. Yeah. Even though he's having some cool matches, but it almost took him out of my top 10. I'm not going to lie. It's funny because I remember. Do you remember watching that? Because that... there were rumors that he mm-hmm. was going to come back as like a biker. And we we're like, get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. And Never in a million years. You know, what's funny is I didn't know. I didn't know he was coming back as a biker. So that yeah. was a surprise for me. I popped too because I didn't know what he the choke was going He Xbox. Dude, sold a hell. Xbox <laughs> went 700 feet in the air. And dude. he was boxing people <laughs> up in the corner. I remember yep. that. Like him just beating dudes up in the corner. And I was like, what the fuck? No, yeah, but you can't. But dude, his like his his legacy yeah, as a larger than life mystical entity is yep. what keeps him in my top ten. And yeah. it it's like being wrapped up in the character of the legend of the Undertaker is always mm-hmm. gonna be fun for me. And even the way he went out, I'm not a big AJ Styles fan, but he did great in that match. And if that's the end, which it looks like it mm-hmm. is, I'm so okay. happy that's yeah. the end because it's so like look, my guy number nine, Cody Rhodes wrestling is a love story undertaker that that whole thing he treats the wrestling business with the stories like you know it was a love story ending for him and just a mythical create the creature you know of the night the undertaker that's my number seven um if you would have asked me this question in 2005 or even you know 10 years ago maybe it might not have been the case but now that it's over and we have his full body of work i'm like Come on, man. It's absolutely in my top 10. And it's number seven, The Undertaker. So nice. Good choice. He's Can't not my wrong. number seven, though. Who you got? Who my you got? number seven. He's already been mentioned. The legendary Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. My number. You know, he's the only guy on my list that maybe is, it was a retroactive love more mm-hmm. so than Mike's actual experience watching him live. But I did see him live and I had. I had a wrestling buddy of the Macho King. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Like, you know, purple so trunks. Like, purple yep. trunks with the crown. He was probably like yeah. the most plain wrestling buddy, too. Like one of the most plain, but mm-hmm. it's Macho Man. So like I still like that's awesome. have love for that one in my heart. You know, so like Macho Man, him and WCW, he was a big part of that when I was like deep into WCW. Was he that was your like, introduction to Savage or no? Would you No, yeah. I, it was a WWF. It was like okay. the WWF, but it was like I was very in and out it was like hogan like that was probably stuff, like when he was a commentator yeah. right by yeah then, exactly right? yeah like yeah. by then he was like inactive there you yeah. know but but like i had seen you know things as a child just seeing him and mm-hmm. hogan and stuff so like I, he was in that space and then when he went to wcw we took to another level slim jim guy you know what i mean he was super relevant he was the world champion over there as well when i watched so macho man tuji said it all earlier he's my number seven and he's a guy like looking back, it's like I really love all his stuff. I love mm-hmm. the stories that they were yep. he was telling in these matches. Like I do think some of his matches are all time great matches. Um, his promos are just so insane. You could watch, look up any one, and you're like, what? And it's so unique, you know. So like Macho Man's one of those guys. He definitely stands. And he was good. And he was very so, good. No, just he was like great. Ring work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, I think he was exactly, great. Like, mm-hmm. Crisp punches. Yep. We can go on and on about Mach Man. We yeah, could do so, all. We will. That's my number. Do seven. A whole episode on Macho Man one day. Go ahead. Yeah, I love it, Frank. Who do you got, Duke? Number seven. Uh, number seven was also mentioned earlier in the show. Um, this is an interesting one at how high this guy was up for me, but um, 
we basically have talked about them for 10 episodes and I won't spend any more time, but I will tell you that number seven on my all time favorite list is the second city saint. Wow. CM Punk. I'm stunned actually by that. A guy wow. I never cheered against man. There it is. And like, wow. Like Frank I feel said, validated a little bit, you know, like I, Frank I, said, you know, like him being gone all that time and like really like, um, man like it's a shame we'll never get to see punk again and then when he came back like at aew I'll, i i remember where i was man i was yeah. fish sitting for my brother and <laughs> i was like i was like i'm gonna watch this and uh greg texted me more to shout out and i got goosebumps and i had tears in my eyes when he came back and uh he meant a lot to me in wrestling so number there seven cm punk that's cool i respect it you don't have to like it, but you got to learn to live with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like it. Um, so we'll go into number six here for me. Also a guy that was mentioned as we get into a little bit of our, you yeah, know, we're going to start crossing over. We're yeah. crossing over here. Frank and I specifically are crossing over here, but this is um, someone, this is someone who gets a lot of criticism for not being a good worker, whatever that means. Um, technical ability, obviously not, you know, this, this wrestler's forte, but I don't know. He was a guy that was size that exuded cool. He had charisma. He was big daddy. Cool. He was diesel as my, for my introduction, he was eventually big, sexy Kevin Nash, <laughs> but dude, his, his, his rise was originally like really well received by the fans. And at that time I will attest to it, like me included, but now and over time it was met with a lot of resentment and hate and all that bull crap. And people said he wasn't ready, he wasn't deserving, like during the diesel stuff. And I don't know. To me, he was the first guy at that large size that I gravitated to, maybe besides Undertaker, who I mentioned. But I was right in on diesel. Like that was it didn't take me anything. It was the 94 Royal Rumble, him destroying everyone. That was it for me. Like I was completely hooked. So much so that I talked about it before. Like he surpassed Bret Hart at one time as my favorite mm -hmm. wrestler current in the WWF as I was watching. Then you mm -hmm. shift into the NWO, the WCW stuff, and that, you know, that solidified ev everything I felt like I saw in him, and he changed the game with Hall, which we talked about. Um, we talked about Nash with you, Frank, but his association with the Click made me even more partial to him, maybe than I already am. Mm -hmm. He is, uh, I don't know, he can't be denied. Like he's not a student of the game, and I know that he's not someone who says I loved pro wrestling from the time I was ten. Yeah, that's yeah. always fun, maybe to hear your favorites that love the sport yeah. and love that, you know, but it's all about connection. We talked about earlier. And for me, Kevin Nash diesel, that was the connection. He's number six for me. Nice. <laughs> Who you got Frank. <laughs> so my number six is like, so I, my top five is, it's been a consensus top five for okay. a while, but like my number six was like, the easiest choice I made when I had my names down and I looked at him, I go, this guy's number six. Clearly he just misses out on my top five. The first Olympic gold medalist <laughs> in the WWE, Kurt Angle is my number six. Wow. Wow. I just think Kurt, I, I, I think Kurt in that argument for the greatest of all time, you know, like as well. And like greatest in-ring performer. 
game overall, even, overall. you know, but greatest in-ring performer. I think that he's definitely in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody he had a match with was, it was like the best match, you know, on the card usually. And everywhere he went, he, he was yeah. successful. He, he won the successful titles there. everywhere. Yeah. If we count like all the world champions, he's one of those guys with like a crazy high number. Again, now, not that that matters. Cause yeah, your exactly. Favorite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like all those things added up and his promos were ultra funny. You know, but you always knew he was legit because he was a fucking gold medalist. Yeah, flip the switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, one of those guys, like a rare thing, man. It mm-hmm. could be like a comedy act, but in you know, you think about him when he first showed up and how he was silly and stuff yeah. like that, and then in ECW how he would eat your children. Yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. And he went to Impact, and I think he's the most influential signing I think they've ever had over there. You know, mm-hmm. because he added legitimacy, not. Yeah. Sting hadn't been gone to the WWF, you know what I mean? So we always had that, you know, he was like the star of like the other show, you know? So like Sting was a huge signing for them, but Kurt Angle was like, you were the man in WWF because they shot him to the moon right away. You know, he won won everything you could want as well. So like, he's just one of those guys, like even his impact run, it's like that to me is like the best shit. You were still tuning in for that. Yeah, when I think of TNA, I still wanted Kurt Angle to do everything. You know, eventually it got old, like everything. First ever TNA Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. We'll get into one day, like an all-time greats list Mm -hmm. for sure. And I got to just say real quick on Angle, like if he didn't leave WWE and um, stay for seven more years Mm -hmm. there or whatever it was, uh, I think we're going to, you know, you could already talk about it, but he might already have it locked up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he did go to Impact fairly early you know like but the amount of years he continued to wrestle yes, you know what i mean yeah. it's like so you i wish like even a few more if he just had a few more of those like quality years in the WWE, but you know it didn't happen that way but i still think his run is like all-time run for his WWE. think about how short it actually was oh, yeah and then i think the impact he's not a guy that's hurt by his impact run because he was right. the king over there by a, a mile too and mm-hmm. they had some good guys like christian was over there you know and sting was over there and to me it still was kurt angle by a long shot so kurt angle oh. he's my number six so i had an american nightmare you it's had an true. american hero in there yeah. in the top 10 duke who do you have at number six i have not an american uh he's a actually Russian? canadian oh um, this is a guy that I was first exposed to in ECW. Nice. Um, and then he went on to WCW and became a favorite of both you and I, John Boy, because we used to love this guy before he was even popular. Currently still wrestling today. A, I mean, 30 years in the business probably by now. My number six, the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Wow. Excellent choice. Can in his own. I mean, the man of many monikers now. It's, he's the uh, wizard. He's the pain maker. Call him what you will, but he's he's eight time world. To champion. me, he's timeless. He's he's like, you know, Madonna and the Rolling Stones and all these bands that keep, you know, they're still around after all this time because he constantly recreates himself. Mm-hmm. And uh I first I fell in love with him in WCW, you know, the cruiserweight division. And then, you know, he went to WWE and just, you know, we talked about in our debut episode, the best debuts. I mean, it's the best debut in, in wrestling history, in my opinion. So yeah, at least the most memorable, another one that like, you know, I never really cheered against Mm -hmm. and uh, I would definitely take his catalog with me. So 
Chris wow. Jericho, baby. <laughs> well, we're going to get into the top five now. This is uh, mm. Frank has mentioned that his has been solidified. Mm. Mine, I realized, has as well, but mm. it, it shifted a little bit. So there's not too much uh, change as far as if you would have asked me this 10 years ago, but uh, the, the order might have changed a little bit. So for me, number five, this is one where I had to take into account how much I love this guy during his ascent to the top. He's a guy I initially hated. Like I hated his guts. I hated his gimmick, but his transformation and his gimmick switched is, is like one of the craziest and one of the coolest, I think, in wrestling history. Some say he's never had five-star matches. Uh, that he's always had, needed somebody to carry him. That he'll never be among the greats no matter what he does. That he'll always be in the shadow he's of He's had at least one five-star match. Well, yeah, some say he's always going to be in the shadow of his his peers, specifically his his DX teammate. But my number five is Triple H. So, H. Triple H. Triple H. H. So um, real quick on wow, trips. Yeah, real quick on trips. Um, when he became a part of DX, like obviously he let his personality come out and you could see like a likable, cool, interesting side as compared to like the snobbish, you know, Hunter Hearst Holmesley. So guy. real quick, you hated that the um the whole granite snob thing? Yeah, I was not Did a you fan. Really? Hmm. Like I was, you know, I was 13, you know, and okay. I just I So wasn't... you were you were supposed to Exactly. I guess okay. I was supposed Yeah, I however you want to, you know, call it heat, I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. him. Um but yeah, once he became a DX, I was in and his intensity, like as the game is what really got me. And that first theme, like not the Motorhead theme, but the My Time theme. One, two, mm -hmm. song. Dude, that's like probably my favorite theme song that of all time. That guy had bangers. He did. Every he did. time for his entrance yeah. music. like Dude, it was so cool. That theme song, it was my favorite and still is my favorite probably. And his first title win against Mankind was probably the most excited I was in real time watching someone win a title mm -hmm. up to that point. And maybe even still, I can't really calculate that. But yeah, man, his feuds and matches to me as a whole are like they stand the test of time. And I challenge anybody to find flaws in his game. You probably can't. But I know that some people say, He's really good. He's just not great or whatever it is like that you might knock against him or he held people down too much overexposure. All I would say is, I don't know, comedy as well, like Kurt Angle comedy or intensity. He uh, I had the connection with him and the stuff with Shawn Michaels, even his I low key liked the stuff he did with Randy Orton when he went to his house, like even all that ridiculous. Oh, shit. yeah. Like, yeah, me too. I, I just for me, Triple H, I know how much I liked him. And mm -hmm. were there moments where he became over like stale? Yeah, like for sure. I think that was a product of being around too too much, too long. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. that the good outweighs the bad. So for me, number five, Triple H. You got like it. That's a, I mean, Trips is a good one. You know, he's not my number five, but I have heat with Triple H, and it's like not for <laughs> wrestling reasons. You know what I mean? It's sort of like everything else you know so like that's what holds triple h back in my opinion can't, so help, who fall, can't yeah. help who you fall in love with pal. can't help that so according to nash according to the hall they both say you can't help who you fall in love with yeah do you does Whatever. his this corporate triple h um does does he ruin your love for wrestler triple h i guess it's not so much corporate triple h it's scumbag triple h you know what <laughs> i mean like the screw <laughs> screw job triple h you know what i mean or just like so scumbag, so scumbag CM Punk doesn't matter, but tri scumbag Triple H does. I mean, 
scumbag, scumbag CM Punk, what is what does he do bad? Like Triple H actively, he was uh, by all accounts the guy who said the fuck Bret Hart over. You know what I mean? So like for me <laughs> as a loyalist, mm-hmm. it's like fuck both of you guys. You know, I hate Sean too. Triple H, I don't hate nearly as much, obviously, you know, but and then also like the idea of him like marrying the boss's daughter, and then all of a sudden he's fucking has as many championships as Ric Flair. You know what I mean? And it's like all these things, all these things that didn't seem like they were gonna. Did, were you in on Triple H like oh one? Like were you into him? No, no, like, no, no. Well, I, I, even DX days, I didn't love Triple H. He was always oh, like the okay. corniest mm. guy of the crew to me. You know, okay. so like I was never, so you were never like, really a fan anyway. No, I liked him when he did do that mega heel with champion and turn and shine him in China. You know, I did like that stuff, you know, but like it got dampened by other stuff. That's not wrestling really. That's fair. But um, yeah, but he's, so he's not. So he's not your number five. Though. He's not my number five. <laughs> Coming in at sure. not number five, triple H, <laughs> but my number five, he was just mentioned. I think he's a, one of those, one of those guys who you could argue is like an all time, all timer, like if you wanted to put up for debate, he's done everything you could possibly do in the business. He's the Lionheart Chris Jericho, champion everywhere, current Ring of Honor champion. Like we never the would champion. Have, we would have never believed, you know what I mean? Like 10 years ago that Chris Jericho be Ring of Honor champion. So, you know, I just think he's one of those guys. He did everything. His promos stand up, you know, to anything with like the best guys, you know, like people don't often bring up Chris Jericho when they talk about the absolute best talkers but i think he has a valid claim to that title you know what i mean he's done it for 20 years at like a high level mm-hmm. in some of the biggest scenarios you could possibly imagine wrestlemania's just different guys we talked about his debut with the rock you know and he's proven that he could still do it today mm-hmm. with guys like mjf and you know guys like punk whoever you know so chris jericho he stands the test of time to me he's an all-time he's always been an all-time favorite he was a he was a top five guy for me before he went to New Japan and before again and before it was already he went solidified for you. Yeah, he was already a top five guy for me because I was such a big fan of his. But then that stuff going to New Japan and with Kenny Omega leading to or essentially leading to this formation of AEW as like an idea, you know what I mean? Like the buzz that he helped bring those guys to like because that got New Japan over in the States bigger than it'd been in a long time. You know, Chris mm. Jericho going over there and it made and those matches were cool. I remember watching that Wrestle Kingdom. I bought like a DVD of the matches just to watch mm. that Wrestle Kingdom match, you know. So I thought that shit was cool. And then him being like the first big signing to AEW, it legitimized them right away. And him as Le Champion, I thought was the the right way to start that company. Yeah. I do think he got into good shape and he's crushing it right now. I love Chris Jericho and I always have, you know. And, you know, it's a guy who we talked about, like, personal beliefs or whatever. You know, I don't love everything that he loves, you know, but he's still my dude, you know, and it hasn't knocked him out. He's always been in that fifth spot for me. So, yeah, that's my number five. Nice, nice. Dude, who do you got coming in at number five? The top five, unveiling it. Who do you got? Number, I don't know about you guys, but the top five was rough for me also. Yeah. Like, to you know, maneuver guys. And this could really, you know, depending on what week it is, it could kind of move around for me. This guy might be higher. He might be lower some weeks, but uh, this was getting, it's getting laminated. So make sure he's here. (laughs) This was the first wrestling bad guy that I ever liked. Um, I was first introduced to him in the NWA in the eighties. Um, 
He is arguably the greatest world champion of all time. His impact on pop culture, he's in rap videos. You know, um, there's a there's a there's a chant that every time someone gets chopped in pro wrestling, the whole arena says, Woo! So my number five, the winner of the 1992 Royal Rumble, former WCW champion. NWA champion, World Wrestling Federation champion, arguably the greatest wrestling champion of all time, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Nice. So I thought you were going to say Ronnie Garvin until you said um, <laughs> the uh, the heel, uh, the greatest heel. Ronnie Garvin. So Ric Flair. Um, that's interesting because you got to see more Prime Flair than I would have, or Frank. Yeah. Had. What's funny is Especially we all. Frank different generation yeah but frank still got to see plenty of flair which is crazy right like we yeah, all it is got crazy. to see so much mm-hmm. flair different times of his career and for me i always I- thought he was an old man even as a kid yep. yeah. Yeah. Too. When i was a kid i'm like he's an old man you yeah. know and he's still- well i mean when he was in the wwf he was what like 40 right yeah over like 40 he showed up over, over 40 yeah, and he so like, and he still looked like uh you know like a classy you know older man that was bringing prestige to that title um you know rick flair to me is just somebody that I feel like his legacy holds up no matter which generation talks about him as far as like um, the fandom or the appreciation, more importantly, the depreciation of his, his craft and his, uh, his greatness. So number five for you, Ric Flair. I love it. So number four for me, this one it's to me, we're not doing a greatest list, but we're doing a favorite list. But to me, he's the best talker in the history of the world of wrestling. Mm. Cold and deliberate style in his promos. It's always captivating. But when I started watching in 1991, he was a heel and I wasn't supposed to like him. And usually I didn't. As a kid, I did what I was supposed to do like a good little boy. I didn't like heels. But I could not fall in love with Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm. And to me, he was one of the first wrestlers that made me feel emotion. Not mm-hmm. just, oh, that was a sick move, or like, oh, those are cool colors he's coming out to. Like this guy, he talked to you like with intent and purpose, almost like you were an adult. I mean, I, you know, I was a kid, but like he talked to everyone. He talked to the fans. Like, even though they were talking to kids back then, he didn't care. He was saying what was on his mind. He, he look, uh, his stuff with Warrior to me, which never came to pass. That was kind of my that's, introduction. That's too bad. And I, I loved it so much and it captivated me. Obviously, his stuff with Rick Rude, Savage, Steamboat. But to mm-hmm. me, Jake Roberts is the most underappreciated guy sometimes because of his awful reputation and like his self-induced downfall. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. like, you know what I mean? So, but before all that happened, I think of his his body of work in terms of feuds and stories from 86, 85, 86, 87, all the way up till 93 is up there with anyone's like that body of work in that window is up there with anyone's I'll eliminate from my mind, the overweight Jake that came back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good at, you know, maybe blocking stuff out, but um, he's another guy in my top 10 favorites that won't win any awards for being a great Matt wrestler or worker. That's a theme, I guess in mind, but his like magnetic character, it makes me look past all that. And yeah, he couldn't do a perfect suplex, but mm-hmm. giving me the library, I'll watch Jake Roberts promos, 10 hours of them if they're available 
over a lot of guys' matches. So that's for me, number four, Jake the Snake. But I think even his matches, though, like because it's storytelling. Storytelling, like yeah. the if you for anybody listening, if you, you haven't seen at WrestleMania seven the blindfold match, <clears throat> excuse me, between Jake the Snake and Rick Martel, watch that match. They barely touch each other. And yeah. watch the crowd's reaction. Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> you know, we talk about it all the time. It's not about just like wrestling, you know, and like Jake, I applaud you for that because I mean, a master storyteller, master talker. Again, it's not like um it's your favorite, so we don't yeah. have to validate it, but I think right. we do try to like just, you know, look where we're coming from. Shed right? a little light on the yeah. where we're coming and from. And I think here. um yeah. for anybody listening. Check out the WrestleMania seven match and watch that match and the crowd, how into it they are. And they barely touch each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say go back and watch any of the snake pits or any of the uh, post or pre-match interviews he did with Mean Gene. Um, Even on TNT, like like when you see Jake, like in an environment where he can even when he's not on, like when he's not supposed to be on, he's still a storyteller. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like. Uh, and look, you know, it's sad to see guys get older and then you see some of the things that come out about them. You try not to let that blind you from their body of work. So I don't let that happen for the most part with these guys. Um, and Jake was definitely not, I was not going to let that happen because I loved Jake so much and I still do look back fondly on all Jake stuff. So number four for me, Jake, who you got? I like it. So number four for me, another guy, we all love him. We all love him. The best there ever was, Brett <laughs> the Hitman Hart. And he's the best there is. Don't don't try to act like he ain't the best there is right now, because you know he can come out and still be the best. Listen, he it's 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 debatable. It's that he's definitely like right up there when I think of like the best guys ever. Period. You know, I got and the ride. best there ever will be. Right? Yeah, exactly. So like, I got to ride with certain people, but. Number four, Brett Hitman Hart. You know, what can I say? Arguably the best, right? Like that we're like we're having the conversation right now. It's like super charismatic, but like not the best speaker, you know. So like it's a one of those things, like he got the job done, but everything was super believable. The type of wrestler I like to see, right? Great storytelling, super crispy when you know when he has to be. He, he also was a guy who like had a lot of spots that he hit every match. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he'd yeah. intro you them into different ways or unique ways. And yeah, it, I think it's undebatable. Like in the WWF in those nineties, those early to mid nineties, he was like the dude. And it's a shame how WCW went, you know, and like, and it really could have been something that took him to another level. Like, you know, for somebody like me, but did you start watching Bret Hart? Not to cut you off, but did you start mm-hmm. watching Bret Hart? You personally, when he was in the midst of the Canada thing, or was he yeah. feuding with Austin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what was going no, on? It was, it was, it was just after Austin essentially. Oh, you know okay. I mean? so, yeah. yeah. So, you were know, you was, like, were you in on Brett from then, or was it all retroactive? Did you like Brett? I was, oh yeah, I like Brett. I like Brett a lot. It, the the growth of love for him, like in my like personal list or whatever, was has come over the years, you know. Okay. But, but nice. like I I was I was in on Brett, and he's maybe one of those guys who was like a he was because he was more of a bad guy for me 
but like I liked it. You know what I mean? It just seemed cooler. I just think the whole association that he was, you know, him and his little crew had the Heart Foundation. They were just so cool to me. They they were like the cool guys of WF as far as I was concerned at that moment. Definitely. You know? So Brett, it's uh, it's you know some of my favorite matches of all time have Brett and um one time we all crowned Bret Hart versus Bulldog <laughs> as the greatest match of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, one yeah. of our nights of lists. Does that hold up? We'll have to do another yeah, one. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's just no more it's undeniable. Lists. It makes sense. Bret Hart, number four. Love it. Love it. Duke, who you got number four? Number four, I have a guy that's probably not on either of your lists. It is a guy that really got me into pro wrestling it's probably the second match that i ever remember watching he is kind of controversial at this point i think um he's the biggest name in the history of professional wrestling he was a larger than life superhero character to me when i was a kid he told me to train say my prayers and eat my vitamins brother it's the Hulkster, baby. Hulk Hogan, number four for me, dude. You're disqualified, man. He's not. We're not allowed to talk about him anymore. I don't think. How come? What happened? <laughs> How come? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I look it up. Google Hogan. Oh. No, I'm. Did kidding. he get in trouble? I'm kidding. No, no. no. He's knows, good. look. There's a lot of slander with Hogan now, yeah. but you're not gonna hear. I mean, I think he gave off a lot of slander of his own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why yeah. the way it all? Yeah. Know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes, there's reasons behind it. But Hulk Hogan, you're damn right about everything you said as far as the biggest name. Uh, When we talk about the greatest, I can't wait to debate Hulk Hogan's place amongst Mm. those that Mm. list because that's going to be so fun. But this is a list of personal favorites. And all we could do is respect it. Some some people like can give you a a funny face, like when I mentioned Cody Rhodes and Frank uh, chuckled under his (laughs) breath. Or, you know, no, but with Hogan, a chuckle out loud. Oh, that was out loud. My bad. (laughs) But uh, Hogan, to me, um, you know, I won't spoil anything from my list, but but I guess I was supposed to love Hulk Hogan. And uh, like I just mentioned, number four, I loved Jake the Snake Roberts. That's kind of where my mind was going in that era. So (laughs) so uh, you were a dark, tormented child. We get it. You Move know, on look, to your number three, pal. Yeah, I mean, look, that's what, you know, <laughs> that's what a troubled home life does for you, I guess. You, <laughs> you gravitate towards Jake. So number three for me, this is a guy I, I saw emerge before my eyes and become an all-time great. He's a guy who I got to see essentially his whole entire career, at least the important, every single important milestone that he hit, I saw it. His moveset and style is maybe the most imitated amongst current guys right now. Mm-hmm. It may be taken too far, perhaps. Uh, he went from a rocker to a heartbreak kid. Looking at Frank's face, he's sick in his stomach right now. But Well, the thing is, he's going to be really... We're at, what are we at, three here? Yeah. He's at number three. So he's obviously a two or one for Frank. So yeah. Oh, okay, right. We're going to reveal. Yeah, you're, Frank, don't you're steal his heat, heat too heat. much. Yeah, all right, exactly. all right. Yeah. let me not give too much about Sean, <laughs> but let me just say Sean Michaels, number three for me. His body of work in the ring to me is perhaps the greatest. He's a master in the ring as a performer and a showman, and he's one of my all-time favorites. His stuff pre- Also severely underrated on the mic. I was going to say to you. I, I disagree. 
Yeah, well, imagine that. Of course you do. <laughs> I disagree. Because, right, right, why wouldn't you? But let me just say this real quick, because his stuff pre-injury, I actually prefer, which is cool that Duke, you prefer post-injury. Some people fall on either side of the fence. I mean, give me the whole career. But I feel like even though he didn't maybe have as many great matches after the injury or, you know, before the injury Good as he point. did after – his early feuds against Perfect and Razor super fun to me. Eventually, his stuff with Bret Hart, obviously Undertaker and stuff as he got later on. You fill in the names in there, even the stuff with him and Diesel. I mean, as opponents and as teammates, Shawn Michaels would have been my favorite wrestler if you asked me 20 years ago. He mm. would have been number one. But uh, as time goes by, it's not that I mean, he's still number three, but he dropped a tiny bit mainly because i didn't love like the last five years of, of like i mm-hmm. there's some guys on these lists where they hung around a little too long maybe and it hurt their legacy for me mm-hmm. as far as a fan not that it hurt anything because Shawn michaels is my number three that's where it's at who you got frank well to speak on Shawn michaels i do like you i prefer his career pre-return okay okay you know like in a weird way because i didn't love him that's where i started to hate on him but what I do love are matches with Bret Hart, matches with Razor. You know what I mean? Like Undertaker, all that magic, did yeah. Diesel, Sid. You mm, know, Sid, like shit. Yeah. You know, so like stuff like that is what I prefer. I always thought it was like the corniest shit of all time. Like when he came back, I can't deny good matches that he had with Jericho, <laughs> Kurt Angle, whatever. You know what I mean? Undertaker matches, big deal. You know, but. I prefer that earlier stuff from Sean, actually, like looking back on it. Now, did you ever take watch. the time to watch? I'm sure you did, but like the best, uh, like Shawn Michaels matches in the nineties, like the stuff when he was like intercontinental champion, or even when he was, when he fought Brett at that survivor series, when he was just like an intercontinental guy, mm-hmm. like back yeah, in nine, no, nine, I definitely, yeah, definitely seen that. Stuff he too, was yeah. dude. I mean, you can't deny how good he was, man. You yeah, know, when you're no, talking about good, guys listen. now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Listen, he's good. He's he's a he's a he's one of the young bucks as far as I'm concerned in terms of uh how yeah. good he is. You know what I mean? When it's what? Like very good. Yeah. To me, I don't hold him in this like super prestigious light like you guys. To me, he's like a you think very Matt good. or Jack, very Nick Jackson as single guys Nick are Jackson. the same. He's Nick Jackson. <laughs> he's Nick Jackson. I don't I'm usually not. get this like thrown off by a comment. <laughs> Dude, do you hear this? You you don't you're not saying anything. Next episode of No Sold, episode eleven, we convince Frank that HBK is in fact great. Yeah, that he's a little mm-hmm. bit better than Nick fucking Jackson. Listen, man, That's the first time I yeah, cursed we'll on this episode, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Hey, well, all right. Number three was Shawn Michaels for me, but that's ruined. Who do you got? Number three? <laughs> number three for me, like uh, Duke just spoke about, like the biggest star in pro wrestling history. I think this guy is arguably the biggest star in pro wrestling mm-hmm. history. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that took wrestling to its highest highs, you know, like ever, whether that era of wrestling was the best or not. He was the guy, you know. He's like he, he's the king now. He still gets the the biggest pop on the show. He came back and oh, made yeah. it, and he wore his pop was like crazy. Like Cody had a really good pop that show. You know what I mean? Like that return, and there was moments. But when Austin came out, it really made you go, "Oh, this fucking dude is like light years ahead." That's of all incredible, these guys. isn't it? Yeah, you like, know, like the pop, so crazy good, and. 
great talker. He was funny. He was deadly serious. Yep. Great matches. He could work like in the ring until both of his knees were gone. He was still putting on like really. But good even matches. then, though, remember yeah. like when remember when he turned bad though and yeah, he started yeah, yeah, yeah. like working again. Mm-hmm. Remember, like mm-hmm. Frank, did you always cheer for Austin? I, um, in I the moment. I, I didn't when he was the ringmaster and he was beating up my boy Savio Vega. <laughs> yeah, so like that was the only that. Yeah, yeah, that was the only time I didn't really cheer for Austin. Savio you know, Vega get honorable mention for you? No, 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 he no? didn't. But he does hold a spot in my heart. I love yeah. Savio Vega. I even watched him in Puerto Rico in WWC. Anyway, but so number Stone three, wrestles, Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin number three. I think it's, it's undeniable, and like yeah. especially when I was watching, he got yeah, me. To, sure. He got he got me to Dig WCW almost. So now before. I definitely know your top two. So he's your. So he's your. Um, I guess Hogan basically. Yeah, he's my yeah, Hogan. He's yeah, your Hogan. really. Yeah, that's a good way mm-hmm. to put it. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Who do you have at number three? The big time number three here. Number three is a guy that is definitely not on either of your lists. Um. He's a guy that Zern disrespects frequently, and he makes my goddamn blood boil. <laughs> he started out as a surfer, eventually evolved into a crow-type character. My number three, <laughs> the stinger. This is Sting. Sting. It's Sting. Number three all-time favorite, the stinger. I was in immediately when I saw him in the UWF. He later went to the NWA. The Crockett saw something in him, man, because like mm-hmm. pretty almost immediately he was fighting Flair for the belt at Clash of the Champions, Great American Bash, et cetera. And I mean, again, not a guy that was like, you know, this crisp ass dude in the ring or like yeah. Not even mm-hmm. great at promos, but he just had it for me. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was just, you know, the time it's a connection. when I was a kid. And, it's yeah, a connection, I connected man. with the stinger and always have and always will. And you had a lasting and sustained love, which we talked about, right? Like, you never disliked him, right? Nope. You always... Well, I I never disliked him, but the... the, uh, the Wolfpack wolf thing. thing was, yeah, like... It was like the uh, biker to Undertaker, yeah. uh, right? Mm-hmm. So, sort of similar like, like that. We talked about in the dream match episode, um, Sting and Bret Hart was always like a dream match of mine. And like when I finally got it, it was fucking in this red paint. I have to say, I'm a little surprised that he's that high on your list. I know you Mm -hmm. love Sting, but um, you really love Sting. I mean, and it might be again. Ask me in six weeks. He might be number five. Right, right, right. You know, it's just like um, I get in these these moods where I watch stuff and, you know, Mike I watched... starts slandering Sting. <laughs> yeah. It makes me want to start watching Sting, and I'm like, "Damn, I love this dude." So, <laughs> I watched his um match versus Cactus Jack, the Beach Blast '92 oh, match, yeah. uh, yep. the other day, man, and pff, the crowd was like, "It." There's no like his charisma, man. It was yep. undeniable. I, I love, love for Sting. Cactus, dude. Like him as Cactus. Like, is he your number I two? I won't spoil he... it. Well, I won't yeah, spoil let's it. not let's, let's spoil, not spoil it. it. All right, so. This is the top two. Mm. This is it. We're coming down, down to the nitty gritty here. This is it. We're getting our it. favorite wrestlers of all time. Our top ten. This is number two. So this is guy for me. Uh, it's it's probably predictable for some people, but his presence and his promos they were a little different than Jake. But you could say that he's also the greatest talker in history. His style was a little wild and off the wall. You never knew what you're gonna 
get. You never knew what he would say or do. He was unpredictable. But I think he created a, a, like an uneasiness in the viewer, maybe that was intentional. So I don't know what his, his intentions were when he was this crazy and rowdy, but Rowdy Roddy Piper, number two for me, a master storyteller, uh, his commitment to every story from his stuff with, you know, Greg the Hammer Valentine before the WWF, we all now have seen how incredible that feud was and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then his, his run in the WWF with Snuka, and obviously having Piper's pit and then his crossover with Cindy Lauper. I can go on and on about why I love him now. I can tell you my introduction to him was as like long haired intercontinental champion, Rowdy Roddy Piper, baby face, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I loved him, but I, I actually prefer good guy, Roddy Piper. I think. Wow. 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 Yeah, I don't I mean, that's the thing about him. And we didn't mention this in our favorites. Do you like the guy as a face and a heel? It's mm-hmm. a great thing you just brought up right there, because I don't think I care either way. I love them both ways, like yeah. face or heel, which is which is saying something. But he's a guy that could take a mid card feud and make it the most memorable part of the show. His match with Brett is amongst my favorites and some of the stuff that gets lost from Rowdy Roddy Piper love is those Alcatraz vignettes. If you guys oh, have, yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen them, yeah. check them out. Alcatraz vignettes when he was in WCW. I even enjoyed the backlot brawl. I wish. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I wish I saw his early stuff in real time, but now with the, you know, the beautiful, you know, um, the luxury we have of watching the streams and seeing mm-hmm. the tapes, the eighties Rowdy Roddy Piper is head and shoulders above anything I got to see live of Rowdy Roddy Piper. So his legacy speaks to me more and more. The older I get, I just watched his A and E biography not too long ago and seeing him like as a family man, even and all this stuff, like just seeing the backstory of Rowdy Roddy Piper brought some emotion. That's my guy. Number two, Rowdy Roddy Piper. You ask me, depending on the day he's neck and neck with my number one, but right now he's number two. I thought he was going to be your one. Yeah, me too. Number two. Frank, who you got number two? So for me, number two, anybody knows me, knows. I actually don't. Let me, I I don't know. I absolutely uh, know. Yeah, you, you know? absolutely know two. Yeah, Do I know? Absolutely. Yeah, two yeah, and yeah, one. Absolutely. Yes. If you don't. You, you already mentioned think. Jericho. You're just, you're just not. I'm seconds. not going to guess it out loud, but yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned yeah. Jericho. So number two, he's the. Legitimate. Oh wait, wait! I got it. I did my bad. It's <laughs> it's doink, doink. No, it's dink. Yeah, dink. well, no, 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 no. I'm a doink. Doink's guy. one. No, don't disrespect me. Yeah. Sorry, I mean to kill your mom. No, but number two. No, 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 no. But my number two, he was my first genuine first pro wrestler that like I loved. Was the bad guy, wow. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Loved him. I mean, instantly. I saw him as Razor first, right? So like instantly. Loved him. I thought he was Puerto Rican. I didn't get I didn't get the Scarface gimmick. You know, it wasn't, he was just a Puerto Rican guy as far as I was concerned at, you know, seven years old or six years old. Seven, eight. Hey, so it like, worked, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like forever the coolest pro wrestler, right? Like of yeah, all time. The I think, coolest. I think him, Diesel, and Perfect yeah. are like just naturally yeah. cool ass dudes. Like mm-hmm. it's a great so conversation, like, but yes. Exactly. Yeah. And like arguably. He's on that very short list. I'm sure we'll get to this at one point of guys who didn't have the world title, who probably could have at whatever point you thought his peak was, you know, Mm -hmm. 
great matches with some like great uh, dance partners you know don't get me wrong guys like sean and stuff like that but the promos the vignettes you know what i mean then the entrance when he made the move to wcw was so iconic the nwo speaks for itself you know what i mean uh he's a guy that had a lot of demons for sure you know and like that may have held him back in certain ways in his career but a guy that I can't get enough of, like watching interviews, you know, mm-hmm. any anything Scott Hall's talking on, I take it as like gospel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like just the stories and the the his ideas, I always sort of I respect the way he thought about everything too. And you know, he uh had like a some sort of comeback story for a little bit too. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, yeah. things go the way they go. He was a troubled guy, but it was cool to see him bounce back. And when I met him. He's one of my favorite, you know, like personal meetups with a wrestler ever. You know what I mean? He was couldn't have been cooler, you know. And it was just like it made me feel good. I had a Razor Ramon shirt on, like a jabroni, you know. (laughs) And he was like super cool about everything. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things. Like I remember getting the the combo deal, super ticket, so I could meet, you know, Diesel and Razor at the same time. And it was, you know, it's one of my favorite moments. So. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Yeah, now that you say it, I I should be ashamed of myself that I didn't know that. And the thing (laughs) is, um, man, rest in peace, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. That's the one of the, the, uh, you know, one hits the hardest because Mm -hmm. much like you, Frank, I grew up with him. Uh, Mm -hmm. We all grew up with him, but um, I saw his full ascension. And um, man, like, I can't ever remember cheering against him. He he oozed. He oozed the coolness. The thing about Razor, a.k.a. Scott Hall, is um, I don't know if he, other than, like, Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know, we're talking, we're like, the matches that I remember. Yeah, I'm not from, talking about all-time greats, for sure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have. Because like, I had him in my, in my, my yeah. mind when making this mm-hmm. list, because I love him, too, so much. And it's just like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess the body of work with Razor, um, it's all about the whole package. And. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an awesome one at number two. yeah he had you know all his promos were great you know he had moments and just like a like you know the it factor you know yeah. it's not yeah. all about wrestling no it's not all about wrestling i want to echo the meeting of him for me was also very similar like and he had every reason not every reason but like he could have been a dick sure i seen him um on like different shows i saw something the other day someone threw a rock at kevin nash do you guys remember this at a uh spring break on mtv they threw mm-hmm. a, this was the oh, height of the, yeah, 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 height yeah. Of the nwo yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like jacked up kevin nash jack scott hall and someone threw a rock at nash nash reacted like a hothead he went after him. and then razor they hear you hear the audio he's talking to um like one of the crew members and he's just like cool as shit even in that moment he's like look man if you can't get like better security we're gonna have to leave like it's just gonna be that simple like he wasn't a jerk like he wasn't a jerk he wasn't i just think he like dude him going on jerry springer and get with meeting those kids giving him the belt he left the fucking belt with these kids yeah yeah. had to get a new belt yeah it still kept in touch with them which was crazy because like they was pointed out later like he knew those girls the girl especially when she grew up you know what i mean he was still it's just like you know He's nah, a man. cool dude with like a bad reputation, you know what I mean? Like with wrestling, some wrestlers who felt hard done by him, you know, it was the click. The click yeah. stuff always ran. And then WCW, yeah. when those right. guys were kings, you know, it's it was a different world. Well, much, but- much like Jake, he was like his own worst enemy in some ways. And um, coincidentally, they got 
together with you know mm. DDP and it's um, too bad that he got clean, you know, and then yeah. he and fucking then he died young, you know. I also want to say Sad. my one of my favorite little jokes that Ra- Razor Scott Hall told talked about was when he met the Dudleys and was like, "Hey man, what's the name of your finish?" <laughs> You know, and they were like the 3D. He's like, it's a sick move. Can't wait to kick out of it. You know, and like the, <laughs> the Dudleys, like, were that such Bubba was, he didn't like, like that. Yeah, yeah, Bubba took it so personal. It's like, bro, he's joking. You fucking right. how do you not you know? know he's joking, bro? Can't wait to kick out of it. Like, and I think guess what? If he did want to kick out of it, he should have fucking kicked out of it. Fucking kicked out of it. He's fucking Razor Ramon. Fucking Razor Ramon. I mean, I, I love Razor so much, so much. Multiple Obviously, not top awesome. 10, but the, yeah, yeah. we all have our reasons. Um, I love it. Duke, who's your number two? My number two is a guy that is on both of your lists. But um, I think this is where we get into the the age thing. Because um, I think I saw more of this guy than you guys did. I'm not like gatekeeping or cool guy or anything. I think I just saw more at his like peak type thing. Um, and I actually got to see him defend the wwf title against the hulkster at wrestlemania 5 i was Mm. there live and in color Mm. to me i don't think there's a better pro wrestler in history that had better feuds than this guy i think he's one of the greatest storytellers in the history of pro wrestling again it, it doesn't matter it's just a favorite list but i'm just explaining like yeah and this is a guy too that um that I've always liked, but I think as I've gotten older and I've watched like more and more of him, I just, he's one of a kind, man. It's the macho man, Randy Savage. Uh-huh. Dude, number two name, for me. Love it. You, you say his name and uh, it's, you know, not any news to you guys, but the grandmother down the street knows who he is. You know what I mean? The 10 year old knows who he is. The casual fan knows the the hardcore fan. Like he just, he's, He's the ultimate um, embodiment of. And I think I said this before, if I were to show a person like, hey, what's this pro wrestling about? It would probably be him and the warrior at WrestleMania seven. Love it. Because it's just I mean, listen, it's not this great technical masterpiece, but they tell a story. There's people crying in the crowd, that emotion like I I don't live with regret in my life because I think it's silly. You learn from things and stuff like that. But I always wish that I would have met Macho Man. That would have been a good one. Another guy uh, who seemed like, uh, according to the genius Lanny Poffo, like the accounts of his his being a sweetheart, especially with like Make-A-Wish Kids, the Special Olympics. Stuff we never got to see. always was about the Special Olympics, for sure. I remember seeing that on TV. Yeah, and I mean, we could talk about Macho Man. Number Mm -hmm. two. Love it. So this is we're here. number one. We're here. This is our favorite wrestler of all time. We're going to go around here. Before we do that, if you guys don't mind, let me just run through my top 10 down to my one, and I'll okay. give you my one. I'm not going to go into depth, but I'm going to give you the names. So at number 10, I had Christian. Number nine, Cody Rhodes. Number eight, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number seven was The Undertaker. Number six, Kevin Nash, Diesel. Number five, Triple H. Number four, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number three, Shawn Michaels. Number two, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And my number one, 
all-time favorite is his excellence. His excellence of execution. The best there is, was, ever will be. And you all know it. There's no denying it. But uh, he was captivating. Let me go into Brett for a quick second. I'm not going to go too far because I'm going to he might, four hours, pal. He might be mentioned elsewhere here. But, um, of course, the pink and black was an eye catcher for you know me as a kid, his charisma. But his feuds and matches are always way better than they had any business being, whether it was Jean-Pierre Lafitte or, you know, you go to the Mountie, go down the list, Hakushi, Jerry Lawler, Hakushi, Bob Backlund, Lawler. He made the most out of every chance he got, which I always appreciated. And I think I mentioned it before, like way back when it was, it's a silly thing. You know, it's silly, but it's not because I don't think I'm alone in saying this, but like as a kid, he was a role model, sort of like a father figure type of thing. And I think he embraced that, that role, which is not everybody likes to do that. But I, I, I hear him saying in these biographies, like he wanted to be that for kids. Mm. He had no problem being it and he wanted to be it. And um, yeah, I don't know as, as much as I tried to, to think of like a time where I didn't like Bret Hart, could never think of it as much as a time as I thought about cheering against him. The only time I was conflicted was I think around that diesel time. But I quickly snapped out of that one because he's the coolest cat. He's a guy we all looked up to. And he backed up the charisma with talent, much like you talk about Macho Man or much like guys on Frank's list. Like these guys that can back up the charisma and the cool factor with the talent. Mm -hmm. He's the absolute best there is and the was and ever will be. And like I said, you all know it. And it's Bret Hart. That's my guy. Number one. <laughs> Frank, I don't mean yeah, to put I mean you on the spot. You know, but come on, Bret Hart. I know you already I get talked it. about him. No, I get it. Yeah, you know, and I and I love Bret. He was just, you know, just outside of my his best years. You know what I yep. mean? So yeah. it was like a lot of stuff that like I had to go back and discover. Totally understand, so, but I respect it. You know what I mean? Like I respect it. And I, I don't. I think it's he's definitely up there. And if I'm writing the best ever, he's definitely up there if not and he's I, and know. he's on your favorite list yeah yeah he's he's, he's right he's, he's pretty high. high he's number he's four five. you know what i mean yeah he's yeah. number four so with your number one uh before you get into him i want you to at least explain to us uh if you like what your connection was to this number one guy so we all know exactly why you dude honestly it was it was strictly watching him wrestle you know and it was seeing him over and over and going like, you know what, man? That fucking match was the best match. And I'm loving NWO days. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm loving Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and everything. And then going, you know, fucking Dean Malenko and this guy just had the best match on the show. You know, uh, Ben Juan, this guy just had the best match on the show. Rey Mysterio and this guy maybe had the best matches ever. You know, one of my arguably. favorite matches of you all know? time. And it was so much of that, and then seeing like the charisma that he showed, even though in that show they didn't let him, because this was all WCW based, all that ECW stuff and all this other everywhere else. I saw later, but from WCW, almost immediately when everybody loved, when I'm thinking of other kids, like I remember my cousins loving like Rey Mysterio. My number one guy was like a big rival of his, and it's Eddie Guerrero. Easily my favorite wrestler of all time. He's number one and then everyone else, you know, and that's how I always look at it. Never changed? Uh, no, no, I mean, no. I mean, it was probably like Razor until him, but once it got to like okay. Eddie, you know, it was like guys like Austin, 
got up there. Obviously, he was number three on my list. You know, like all the guys on the list were like close, but it's always been Eddie Guerrero for me. When he wins the world title finally at the Cow Palace against Brock, <laughs> there's not many moments I remember with like such pure like joy, you know, just like kind of like in anything, let alone wrestling, just like how happy I was, you know. In that moment, I could like I could picture the whole crowd and hear it in my head, you know. So it's sort of like Eddie was just a guy. Him being a top guy, it validated like that whole career to me, you know. It just made it feel like he finally got his, and you know, it, he should have been a multiple time world champion and arguably was going to be, you know. And unfortunately, he died young. But no question, my favorite wrestler. When I say Bret Hart isn't like the best, it's because of a because of Eddie Guerrero, you know. Because I always argue Eddie Guerrero's the best dude out there, you know what I mean? Because like I think I absolutely on the make yeah, that argument, yeah. And I think on the stick, Eddie wasn't the greatest, but I feel like he may have been better than Bret at the not to compare, it's totally different mm-hmm. things, you know, but like. The passion, like, he had more Eddie, passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, it was different. Like he wasn't great. I'm not saying he's one of these great speakers, but like he had that passion. His matches were super technical, super fast, high flying. Could do Eddie strong could guy do moves. All those different every, styles. Yeah. He had it all. You know? Yeah, he had mm-hmm. it all. I am a little jealous that you got to see your favorite wrestler of all time win his big world title mm-hmm. in live and living color. Because me, I had to watch my favorite wrestler of all time. The next Saturday morning, it was On a little, quick <laughs> little yeah. thing from Saskatoon. Yeah. Vince had to recap yep. that shit, but not as much uh, like pomp, you know, like the big hype for Brett. Mm-hmm. But Eddie and you G- know, it's one of those things, like a lot like Brett, where we his his slogan, like you know, has lasted forever. Eddie Guerrero in a, in a on a smaller scale, he has that shirt. Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler that yes. you still see at shows today. Oh yeah, Latino I mean? Heat too. Yeah, Latino Heat even. Yeah, as silly as that was, that got yeah. him over in Vince's show. Right, yep. where you have to be a little something different, you know. Yep. And he got yep. jacked over there as well. And you know, he did all the stuff. He worked the program with China when people kind of didn't want to work with China, and he made mm-hmm. it her lovable again. You know what I mean? And it was just. He just did everything right. I remember him cutting a promo. I was in Puerto Rico watching Monday Night Raw, and he went in the ring and cut a promo on The Rock, and it was so passionate. And it was like one of those moments, like this is a he. This is a fucking top guy. I remember my grandma going, like, "Why is he so angry?" You know, and I'm like, "You gotta, <laughs> you gotta understand his career versus this guy's career." Mm-hmm. You know, like The Rock's. So it was just one of those things. Like every time Eddie got his moment, you know, he got the shine, especially when he first came to WWE and he breaks his arm or elbow or whatever it was like kind of like uh, right away and you're like so you worry that you're like yeah. oh no that you know what I mean like if Vince moves on yeah who knows what I thought he was gone I thought yeah. he lost or when he spot. got let go yeah or when he got let go from the company because of his yeah. issues and he's wrestling CM Punk and you know what I mean and guys a great regret I have about Eddie Guerrero is that he didn't get that that program with Steve that stone with Stone Cold that they were going yeah. towards. You remember that when they yeah. were in that bar filming those vignettes? Uh, people might not remember that, yeah. but they were setting something up with him and Austin, and it never came to be because yeah, of like, around that time. So, um, yeah, do you ever get like offended be, that? Um, I don't know if you ever heard Bret Hart say this, but he once called Alberto Del Rio the Mexican <laughs> Bret Hart. Yeah, well, Brett says some wild shit sometimes. You know, yeah, I never heard that one. I Four never heard that one personally. Yeah, I never heard yeah, that he, one personally. He, but, uh... he, he went up to Del Rio on WWE TV. He's like, I think of you as the Mexican Bret Hart. And I'm like, 
Bro. Wonder if what Eddie G thinks of that. It's know? a shame because Del Rio is so good, but he, he's ruined them. Yeah, he's not. No, but Eddie Guerrero, yeah. to me, Eddie yeah, like I feel like Mexican Del Rio is like oh, an Eddie Guerrero type guy. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably why I like Del Rio. You know, a little bit of like that. I, I love Del Rio. Like, I like Babyface Alberto. I love Babyface Del Rio. Yeah, and that's another thing too, where Eddie Guerrero was such a like an asshole. But like, so when he first was in WCW, he's like this, you know, happy to be there guy. And he's yeah. just putting on solid matches with Benoit every week or whatever. But then when he was like a top guy in WCW, you know, top cruiserweight guy or whatever it was, he was like an asshole. You yeah. know what I mean? And then for him to turn into Latino, he like the most lovable dude when he was like, he became one of the most beloved characters in wrestling history, you know, by the mm-hmm. time he was on. You know, and I just think it holds, you know, he stands up to test the time. He was the top guy on SmackDown when that was important to have, you know, the guy there was important, you know. Yeah. And that Latino market, him and Ray Ray sort of like dominated it. But it's Eddie guiding all those dudes, you know, guiding that market really, you know, helped SmackDown. Yeah, I just think he's a guy that's like, obviously he gets a lot of his uh, love now, you know, but like while he was doing it, he should have been even more prominent than he yeah, was. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. But I but I'm happy to say, see it, you know, like we said Scott Hall, we didn't get to see that, you know, or perfect, we didn't get to see that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that he got his no, Eddie uh, Guerrero definitely uh had already been like solidified or like his passing didn't you know how sometimes people in music or movies like they're going to be sort of crowned because they passed away young i mean obviously james james dean is the best example of that or you could say heath ledger but eddie guerrero like uh, heath ledger wouldn't have won an academy award if he didn't pass away probably i don't think he was not maybe not Not, for that role not that he didn't deserve it exactly you know but you know right because he's been in great shit but no yeah Yeah. what i was saying and like everybody you know crowns owen hart now you know Mm -hmm. it's one of those cases i think yes exactly but eddie is not does not fall into that category. He was already, you know, I, I know he, like, I even think Vince McMahon looked at him as one of his favorite guys, which is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It just seemed like he, Rick he was Flair everything. Also, he's one of like about a dozen guys that Ric Flair said was the greatest of all time as well. So that yeah. counts for something. You know what I mean? uh, no, no, no. I, I haven't, <laughs> I've heard other people say that. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. other wrestlers that have said Yeah, Eddie for Flair sure. You know, Flair it's always called. like a sign. You know how like they, the, the rappers will go, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. You're like, that's like Eddie mm-hmm. Guerrero, yeah, yeah. your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, oftentimes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody that likes Bob Dylan, but I know that musicians like Bob Dylan. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like Bob Dylan. But... Eddie's just one of those dudes and beloved. You know, he was beloved. Even when he was a hothead, he was known as a hothead, but he still was like this beloved character, too. That says something about the guy. Yeah. So, you know. So, my, so can I switch my number one from Bret Hart to Bob Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, he's ahead. not a wrestler. So, no. I don't care. He could do it all. Okay. Who do you got at number one, Duke? Oh, man. You guys are never going to guess. It's Bret the Hitman Hart. You stole oh. my fucking heat. Well, you, you could give me all the uh, accolades, all the list of why the the, the hitman. It's funny, is. um, because I'm I'm with you on like the uh, the kind of like superhero type, you know, the role model type thing, you know, like um, Brett always seemed like a genuine dude, like which I always respected. Um, obviously, his matches were incredible; like he could work with anybody. He always um, looked like he was really pounding you to death and he never hurt anyone, which is the art of pro wrestling. It's not, you know, hitting your opponent with a fucking light bulb. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, the hitman, I think um, 
What was he your first memory of Bret Hart? Uh, if you don't remember, Hart Foundation, like just some tag 100%. matches, Hart Foundation, yep. tag so. matches, and I, I honestly always thought he was cool. Like I was like, man, that dude's really cool, you know. And uh, then um, he was in the finals of a battle royal, and it was like him and Bad News Brown. Oh yeah, four and Bad four. News Brown ghetto blastered him and turned on him, and then that kind of started like the fans were behind Brett. Yeah. After that. And uh, I think he just has this like genuineness about him that uh, is, he know, in that, always... is he in that cool conversation with Hall, Nash and Perfect? Because I think he has I think be. Brett's really cool, but I don't think he's. Like, yeah, I kind cool. of agree. Yeah, it's like a yeah. little. I do think he's very cool, you know, yeah. but it's like something a level below those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think I personally think Scott Hall's like the coolest dude mm -hmm. ever. I don't know, I, man. I Brett's pretty, like, pretty effing cool. He was, me. he was, and like a heartthrob, you know, like um, I love the leather jacket. Look. Yeah, for especially, sure. Like, especially when they, they all rock jackets or yeah. all rock leather. I I like the earlier jackets with like the epaulets. Yeah, oh, you like that for those. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, man, Brett, like I don't know, he just listen, man. Without did you Brett ever cheer Hart, against Brett Hart? Sorry to cut you off. Did you ever cheer against him? Do you remember? Ever cheer against Brett? Like I said, I had my hard time with Diesel and a little bit with Sean, but I snapped out of it like because I was a, a moron. No, I, was... I never did. Nice. Because even when everybody was cheering for Austin, I was still Team Brett. But listen, like again, it's a favorite list, and we don't have to validate these guys. But Stone Cold Steve Austin will tell you he is not where he's at without Bret Hart, man. Yeah. Right. You know, like right. We can talk about Bret all day. I well, we will eventually talk details, about. But... We the Hitman's my number one. I am interested to hear from the listeners. I would love to hear their top tens. And I do want to say I have to get just a couple of honorable mentions for me. Please do. Lex Luger, Ultimate Warrior, Triple H. Interesting. Sid. Wow. Are all guys Sid. that I wow. like. Yeah. It surprises me a little bit. They're all guys that Can I Can you never... give us one more? That'll be that's four. Can you give me one more? And we'll each give five honorable mentions. No, I gave four, and that's all you get. All right. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> add one in four. Real you quick, gonna make I want to uh... ask you guys, is there any like thing on my list that you're surprised that wasn't on or that is on there? Uh, Sting's, uh, you know, placement as placement. Uh, number three was a little surprising. I thought he'd be somewhere in the 10, 9, 8 mm -hmm. uh, section. I, for one reason or another, thought that Brian Danielson might crack your top 10 because I know oh, you've always been a huge fan of his. Um, and I guess other than that, I was thinking Luger might sneak in there somehow. But... Okay, yeah, he was – it was tough. He was there, man, but yeah. – Frank, I'm surprised that The Rock wasn't in your top ten. Yeah, you know, and and I, and I was I talked with my roommate. Was today he around? This. He's so in my honorable mentions. I'll just go through them right now, and I kind of have them in order: eleven through fifteen. Mm -hmm. Um, eleven, I placed RVD. He was one of those guys that was kind of always around about my top ten, and like really thinking on it, he had to go. Um, out of the top ten, I mean, he's eleven, and then number twelve which Duke always laughs at this, was Sabu. 
because Sabu was, was always just my thinking yeah, of that Sabu was my favorite. Sabu's ECW your favorite guy. ECW guy, but he's yeah. below RVD. But he's below funny. RVD. Yeah. yeah, but RVD had the WWE run that was real yeah. legendary. It was one night stand, like with John Cena match, yeah. one of my favorite matches. You know, that's oh, so yeah. that's why overall. But like, I love Sabu. Can't deny it. Thirteen, Mister Perfect. Mm-hmm. Fourteen like was that. The Rock. Okay. Okay. Fourteen was the Rock. Yeah, and then I thought the Rock would sneak in. Your yeah, and then 15, just because of how you like came mm-hmm. up. Yeah, no, and it, the Rock but, was one that got hurt by his he corniness. Just, he just hurt my <laughs> feelings. You know what I mean? Like as a wrestling yeah. fan, like leaving wrestling leaving. the way he yeah. did, then trying to distance himself from the Rock name and yeah. just being salty about the shit. And it's sort of like I know it always rubbed me wrong because as a Rock fan, he would have been easily top ten, but the last twelve years or so has knocked him down and he keeps sort of like falling from like you know top six through eight to like barely in the 10 now he's i have him 14 and number 15 i had was rick rude rick like, rude nice yeah i thought he was going to be in your top 10 i'm not yeah, gonna lie my top 15 guys and rude was another one which is like there was probably a time when i had him in that back half of the top mm-hmm. 10 you know and that's, if you told me that you were going to put perfect in but not rude i, I would think it'd be reversed but, yeah, um, you know, and 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 Perfect's another one, right? Where the, those are guys who are like, as much as I love them, and Perfect ahead of Rude makes sense for me personally. Right, so I like, mean, yeah, you I, had him ahead yeah, of Rude. I, yeah. yeah, I like him in AWA. You know what I mean? I like all this random Kurt Hennig stuff too. You know, that's why he gets ranked ahead of Rick Rude. Did you ever when see I, Kurt and his dad against the Road Warriors? I don't think I did. Actually. Look that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool. cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, you know, so like some of these guys and Rude was another one where like he's often in my top 10. But when I thought about it, I was like, I'm not going back to so much Rude stuff. I do love him. I do think like you guys saw Perfect was like the third coolest guy after. I think it's Rude, you know, and it's like, mm. I so love for, yeah. So for me, you know, that's what made him on, got him on the list. But guys like Taker, you know, didn't rank for me. Flair, even mm. like I love mm. Flair, but he was old. He was always old guy Flair yep. to me. You know, yep. all the, I do respect him and love his career. You know, but he's probably mm. like a twenty guy. You know, but yeah, yeah the Rock, the Rock fell hard. You know, just because he lost me as a fan. I think more so over the years than any of these other guys did. Can I ask you guys? Um, so we we each had some that overlapped. Um, can we think real quick off the top of our heads? I, I who do we have? We all had Macho all in had our Bret top Hart. ten. Bret Hart, Macho Hot. Man. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, right? That was yeah, synonymous. That's it. That's okay. It. Interesting. It's Bret and Mach. Yep. That's funny. Because yeah, Tucci, you didn't have Austin, right? No, I did not nope. have Austin. My honor. Or Jericho, mention. right? You didn't have Jericho either. I, right? I did not yeah. have Jericho okay, in my so top yeah. ten. And Frank, you didn't have Sean, and we did. Yeah, I didn't have Sean. Yep. But yeah, my that's honorable it. mention really quick. Two guys. That's interesting. Yeah, just two. That shows how different we are, but somehow we, you know, we still love, you know, the the whole game of professional wrestling. We may, we may (laughs) work, right? But uh, yeah, real quick, my honorable mention. So 15 CM Punk, he was creeping up there. Couldn't get him in the top 10. Um, 14 was Razor, aka Scott Hall. I felt like it wasn't enough um, Mm -hmm. dancing partners and match quality for a library. I don't have to really, you know, justify it. 13 was Sean Waltman, a.k.a. The Kid. Oh, yeah. Not enough stuff outside of the ring, the promo stuff. Mm-hmm. I would just watch Sean Waltman matches all day, but we're talking about a complete body of work. So I had Sean Waltman at number 13. Number 12 was current AEW champion, wow. John, John Moxley. Moxley. Oh, Ooh, wow. Dean Ambrose. That's a high-ass yeah, ranking. High. Listen, man, he's the bridge. Holy moly. He's the bridge between an era where I gave up watching wrestling 
to mm-hmm. a to a time when I continued to watch because of him. And I remember, you know, an old friend of mine tipped me off about his shit in CZW and it was like all that bloodthirsty stuff I wasn't a fan of. But his character was like unreal. And there was a lot of awesome moments that uh, he had despite the WWE booking. He never really got to be himself. Now we're seeing yeah. him. And yeah. honestly, I love John Moxley as you you've you always and you always have. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Number 12 and number 11. Man, I just I wanted to put him in. It was between him and Christian. Mr. Perfect. Mm. Ah, we could have all shared the Mr. Well, Frank, you didn't have him in your top 10 either, right? No, no, no he's not. Uh, OK, yeah. like I said, he's the ultimate character. But we talked about perfect. It, dude, it hurt me like leaving RVD out, you know, like, <laughs> when it was like my fandom of ECW and like I didn't have like an ECW guy in the top 10, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, they're right there though. They're right there. They're right there. And I have to say, and I don't count Jericho as like an ECW guy. No, right, right, right. Jericho was just there for like two matches. Yeah, exactly. Something really quick. Jericho was just outside that for me. He's someone that I've kind of fallen out of love with as the years go by, believe it or not. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin is someone who I actually never used to cheer for. In real time, I was completely against Austin, never cheered for him. I don't think maybe not once when he was on top. But as as time goes by, I love him so much. I love Austin now. He'd probably, you know, he'd be in my top 20 or whatever, 25. But he's another guy. And um, Rock, I don't know if he cracks the top 50. But wow, those are our Rock. Yeah, Yeah. the Rock. I I don't think he'd be in my top 50. But either real quick, one last question. If you had to just throw a number out, does does Danielson rank? In any for either of you, because I know you're both big fans. Does he not get into the top twenty? Is he not? I don't think he's in my top twenty. Okay. Um, just because I think of guys like off the top, like who I would probably throw in there, like Flair, maybe Taker. Okay. You know, I, I could think of a few guys who are probably pretty quick to fill in that top twenty. So I because I know we were all super fans of his. At, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I would have to write it down. Yeah. You know, the problem with Danielson for me, his career like as a whole. It was like, and I loved him when he was the guy, but like, I just didn't care so much when he was like tippy top guy, you know, I just didn't care yeah. about the overall product and the landscape of wrestling so much. So like it hurt. It's not his fault. Cause he was like one of the few things I did care about, but it was different. For yeah. Me. We're like, we're punk. You know, I went out of my way to define punk stuff or to make yeah. sure I was following punk when he was still in the company, you know, where with Danielson, I kind of didn't. So he yeah. might be top 25. He might be top 30, definitely well, top 50. I don't yeah. know where I'd have to <laughs> we won't. We won't stretch it out to 50, but that was our top 10 pro wrestlers of all time. Top 10 favorite pro wrestlers. Let me make yeah. that clear because this is not who we yeah, think just are the greatest. Yeah. I might try to tell you that my favorite, I also happen to think is the best, but mm-hmm. that's another story for another day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope this was your favorite episode. <laughs> if it wasn't, tell us why. Give us a thumbs up, a thumbs down. Leave in the comments. Who are your top 10? If you don't have a top 10, who are your top five? Tell us who your favorites are. And tell us maybe why you like some of those guys that you do so much. This was our top 10 favorite male pro wrestlers of all time. We'll do this again sometime. Again, maybe about matches or, or you know, events but this was a fun one next week we're going to have another fun topic for you it's going to be great uh yeah any any closing thoughts from you guys real quick i I spoke a little long there anything you want to say as we get out of here no it was fun 
Interesting cool. top ten. I think my list is the most weird. I think your guys is probably like maybe Tucci <laughs> at the, maybe Tucci at the top in the beginning with fucking Cody Rhodes and like <laughs> Christian. You know, maybe that Christian because even Christian, you know, that's not like a very common. Christian's absolutely top yeah. twenty for me. Yeah, yeah, it's see, interesting. Yeah, he's like. It's weird because Edge and Christian are my favorite tag team. And like <laughs> I don't know where Christian he might fall in the top mm-hmm. 20, he might not, he might be 25. Well, I mean, I remember when month. he won the title, how excited we were. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that was and that's Christian. something you think about too when I was yeah. when I was doing this, like um, because I was really excited when Brian won the title, you know. Yeah, and yeah, me too. Yeah. So like I think that's something I took into account too. What? I just think of like with a guy like Vampiro on my list, it's like I imagine what if Vampiro got the oh title? yeah. We man. never even got that. I fucking would lose my mind probably. I just didn't yeah. get that opportunity. You closing, know? closing, closing thoughts, closing question, and we will really get out of here. Good question here, though. Can your number one favorite wrestler of all time ever be taken out of that top slot? Is there a chance? No. Do you ever see it happening in your lifetime? No. Will anyone surpass Eddie Guerrero for you? Will anyone surpass Bret Hart for you or Bret Hart for me? Duke, will that happen? No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, I I think that lists are always fluid, especially for me. Like, it, you know, it depends, like, how much I watch. Two years ago, if you asked me, is CM Punk in my top 10? I don't know. Probably not, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but, like, realizing you know how much i missed him when he was gone and then how excited i was when he came mm-hmm. back you know and now so you I deal think, with the heartbreak of him being gone again but yeah i think two point. through ten will change you know but no number one will, never change and i honestly think my one through was four, ever will be my number I, I think my one through four would never change wow because i love eddie guerrero scott hall Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin and Chris Jericho, Bret Hart. Oh, Bret Hart. Hart. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Bret Hart. Like four, because five is Jericho, and it's like you know who knows. Like that's the yeah. most he ain't surpassing room. Bret for yeah, you. Yeah, right? you know, no, yeah, but he's not surpassing Bret or Austin. You know, well, so. will 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 Cody Rhodes go from number nine to number one in my lifetime? Absolutely, it will. It'll happen, right? Maybe by next week. Probably by next April. Yeah. When he's World Wrestling Entertainment, I can't. What is it called? Undisputed Universal just, no, Champion? No, no, no. By the hell it's, it's called? It's going to be called WWF Champion. Wayne Deagle. Triple is going to buy back the not. WWF moniker from World Wildlife Fund. That's how it's going to happen. Yeah. On All that right. note, from Dream World, <laughs> we're going to let you. We're going to let you guys get out of here. It's been fun. Like I said, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Keep subscribing and leaving comments on YouTube. We will see and you next time. Let us know your top 10. Let us know your top 10. This has been No Sold. For Ming and the Barbarian, Faces of Fear, we're out of here. And Yamaguchi, so. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>